You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides, your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 53, recorded January 25th, 2020. The topic for this episode is The Forsaken Prince, part two, as promised. I will be your host for this episode. This is Hyven. I am Elamist. This is Mrs. Hyven. And this is Orchid. <laughs> Yay! We are all here and barely ready to do this. this recording. <laughs> Okay, yeah, guys, also, not only is this Hyven, so. this is Hyven, lover of Mirror's Edge and parkour. <laughs> there you go, babe. You now went full nice. circle for this whole hour of nonsense <laughs> we've been in. I remembered! <laughs> All right. Well, because we're so professional, we're going to go right into podcast news. Woo! Of course, we always encourage feedback uh, wherever you can send it. Some of your avenues for this are Twitter, at Guardians underscore Lore. At hey, it's orchid. See, I'm always trying to read an underscore in there, and it's like not, so it confuses me because we have them everywhere. So thank you for not underscoring your name. You're welcome. Also at Mrs. Underscore Hyven, or you can email us at Guardians Underscore Lore at Outlook.com. And of course, you can definitely leave reviews on whatever podcast um, provider you might listen to your podcast in. Of course, we also have a Discord. If you didn't know, come on over. The link should be in the description. And we have feedback in areas there and just full-on nonsense and fun and lore. And uh, it's a fun time, so come on over. You can also find our information on, at thelorenetwork.com alongside many other impressive... Uh, lore, well, not other, because we're not that impressive, but we're maybe. Many impressive Along lore content creators. Along real lore content <laughs> creators. <laughs> no, nah, we're not bad. We're not bad. We're and, not uh, of course. <laughs> I will mediocre <laughs> content creator. <laughs> I don't know, guys. We made like the most professional thirty minutes of was the poli- apology, apology tour. tour? The most yeah. professional Guardians release we've Lord. had. I just want to say mean, we said we were going to make that thing thirty minutes. And running yeah. away. <laughs> it felt like though you edited it to thirty minutes on purpose just because we said it was going to be thirty minutes. <laughs> How long it's was it really? You should really tell why you were out of breath. So yeah, last week, the <laughs> podcast that came out during part of it, I'm talking and I say, I'm sorry, guys, I'm still really out of breath. But Elemis edited out why I was out of breath. And so I feel like it was just left in there really weirdly. And I felt like I was like waiting for bloopers to explain it and they never came. Um, just FYI, Hyven delivered pizza to the house because he's, he's still out of town. And while the pizza was being delivered, Kona yeah, ran out. He tried out. to pull it through the door sideways. Yeah, so I'm pulling the pizza through the door, like, sideways, the way you're not supposed to turn a pizza. And the like, pizza guy, yeah, the pizza yeah. guy looks at me like I'm crazy. And I'm trying to be like, no, 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 it's because my dog will run out. To which she still does. So I'm, like, running after her, trying to convince her, like, we're playing a game of chase, and she needs to chase me up the stairs. And then I get up here, and we start talking about, like, t-shirts and Australia and everything. And there's, like, a lot of information. And so I'm, like, trying to talk through it all, but I'm, like, dying from playing, like, catch me with Kona. So as I'm talking, I just say, sorry, guys, I'm still really out of breath. But none of the explanation is in there. (laughs) It was really funny when it happened, though. 
Help me. I, she's I actually there. didn't know where you had gone. It was kind of funny. She was really quick. I thought you were just getting the pizza. I didn't know you were like running all over crazy. I was. But we got her. She's here. She's actually <clears throat> currently falling asleep, like sitting up because I keep rocking her. Well, speaking of t-shirts, we also have a t-shirt to give away. Um, if you haven't seen already, <laughs> Mrs. Hyven uh, posted on Twitter the winner. Uh, also, would you like to give him a shout out here? Yes. The winner for our t-shirt contest was Patrick Browning from Canada. So, Patrick, I sent you an email, and I want you to know I'm really impatient waiting for your response. So, please respond to me. Um, I couldn't find you anywhere on Twitter or Discord, which also, man, come on. Come join the Discord. We'd love to chit-chat with you about your t-shirt. Um, but if you really you just, just don't, don't want to. Um, yeah, 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 you don't have to. But, like, just email me back because I really want to get you this t-shirt. I'm super impatient waiting for you to email me back. But, yeah, I'm I'm a really impatient person, you guys, if that hasn't already been thoroughly established. I think I said it in last week's episode. I was like, dibs on going first because I'm not patient. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So, Patrick, sorry, my brain was like, is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Patrick. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Patrick, wow. email me back, Patrick, okay? Oh, my gosh. All right, so stuff you may have missed in Destiny this past week as you're listening to this, Iron Banner. I always, like, Iron, but you got it written as Iron Banana, and I want to say it because normal it sometimes. So I, I'll go, like, with both, and I'll be at Iron ban, 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 Banana. Banana. Iron Banana <laughs> came out, um, so if you took part in that. Hopefully you enjoyed slash hated your life, whatever you feel about Iron Banner. Um, and then next week, we don't really uh, have is, anything. It, is Crimson Day start next week? No. No. When's Crimson Day start? Valentine's, Valentine's like Day. February 11th through the 18th. Valentine's Day is a Friday because I have a dress rehearsal on Valentine's Day. We're making. They didn't want to like reschedule it for all of like the lovebirds out there because everyone's married and like does mm. not care. <laughs> We do fun community events every second Friday at work, and we have a super fun one coming up on Valentine's Day, and it will involve me bringing something yummy home to Hyven. Okay, it's a cupcake. I'm just going to... We get to create and decorate our own special cupcakes for our sweethearts to take home to them, Mm. and I'm pretty excited about it. I love my job, you guys. It's adorable. I work in a gulab. Well then, so next week, or as you're (laughs) listening to this, this current week, nothing's happening. Uh, I think the next... Well, I mean, technically the roadmap says Bastion is coming out, but that already happened. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to the community for giving us our content earlier. Yeah. I have, oh, like, it, I'm on the last step. It came, step. like, eight days early. Stuff you may have missed also, if you didn't get the um, Corridors of Time slash the emblem, then uh, too late, too bad. You don't get it anymore. It's over. Yeah. It's, done. it's gone. Sucks. Sorry. Sorry. Origin installer just decided it wanted to update itself. No, I'm sorry. sorry. That was <laughs> I thought. Mass I th- Effect? <laughs> no, it was from Apex. Mm. Anyway, well, so there's nothing to specifically happen, but hopefully you got the emblem, you got your lore for the quarters of time, you got your bastion, whatever you wanted to do, your iron banana. Maybe you'll enjoy a nice calm week to do something else, or just play your normal activities. Or just binge listen to our episodes. 
I know yeah. I'll be doing comp. I thought you were uh, gonna be like, I know I'll be binging the episodes. I was like, don't you already? I was watch. doing comp and I the episodes all the time. Be more bitter, yeah. Orchid. No, I can't. Comp requires a level of saltiness that I am currently trying to get rid of so I can do this podcast. I'm oh, or trying it's, to it's, just it's almost like I'm I'm biting into a lemon. Like there's just a bunch of sourness there. That was a really no. bad Are you going time. for not forgotten or, yeah. or is that okay? I'm trying to yeah, finish I have all my kills. It. I'm just trying to get rank. I'm just like trying season, to get I never focused. Play. I was at 3100 and I went down to 2800 and then I went down to 2600. So, oh, I'm super good not have been a fun right time. No, oh. it kept being like three stacks of Titans. Well, then you needed a break. Our yeah, rule when we that. were doing, when I changed to do comp was if you we had three losses, we cut it. Oh, I just like I, I've been sticking to if two I, losses like, in a row. A bunch, whatever. Well, I could never Yeah, well, that was when we were originally going for stop. Lunas when it first came out. So we were like, yeah. let's do this and let's not lose a lot of points. So. Yeah, when it was way harsher to lose points originally when it was actually yeah. hard to get up to rank. It's yeah. true. Now you can kind of just play, I suppose. I just haven't played That's why I'm just much playing comp now. for a long like, time. Meh. Last time I played comp was, yeah, then back when Lunas first came out. Mm-hmm. I haven't really done comp on PC yet. I should try that someday. All right. Anyway... Someday I'll get not forgotten, but probably not. I've been saying that for like. I'm a gonna year. get it this season. I'm determined. Nice. I, I want to get this this season. I really don't even care about. It. I just want to get unbroken so I can actually have a title. It's the one title I'm closest to. Someday I'll have a title, guys. You You're Wayfarer. closer that to unbroken than like Wayfarer or some of the other ones that are just pretty anything, much handed to you. Anything that I've I had already done in the game before like the titles came out, I didn't redo for them. So like stuff for like the Dreaming City, if I hadn't if I'd already done like the Shadow Realm, Ascendant Realm like quests for like the lore books and stuff like that, I just never went back in to finish and stuff like that. So, Ivan, yeah. Ivan, yes. Ivan, I'll trade you. Do comp for me and I'll finish Wayfarer for you. That sounds like a bad trade. Well, it's a good trade. <coughs> I did actually want to get the, uh, the she's got I wanted to get on her then. I just wanted to get Savior, I think. that's Is that what it is for this season? Yeah, that's the season of the Savior. I'm almost done. I just need the ones that, that aren't available yet. I could yeah, do that. same. Well, tune in to the one day when I get a title. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, um, I think really everyone's right. waiting for the one day when I get a title, because it'll be even more surprising. That. No. I know you'll get no. one. I that have, will be yeah, surprising. All, I haven't even looked for like what I need to do to get one. You have to click on them, and it tells you. I know. I wouldn't so, even gotten that far. Anyway. Yeah, well, one day. All right. Well, guys, that is stuff you may have missed in Destiny, and stuff coming up in Destiny, we didn't really have anything. So let's move right into the question corner. Uh, I feel like I can't call this Mrs. Hyven's corner anymore, because I feel like it's mostly an orchid Mrs. Hyven craziness corner. Um, it's the ladies of lore it's corner. The ladies of lore corner. Yes, I like it. Slash listener Q and A. We have a couple Q and As that I think were just randomly pulled off of Twitter, like as we were prepping for this. Because Orchid yep. requested. <laughs> because I asked. All right. I asked for a question. Ask and you shall receive. Ba- Actually, no, that's not how that well, works. Can, Never mind. <laughs> congratulations to the people you just picked. All right. Well, then, what have we got for our Q and A? Okay. Uh, we had two questions. Uh, the first question was from Lazarus the Lich, uh, or Laz, because I'm not going to pronounce his whole name. Uh, what season do you think Aldrin will come back? He's already back. Next. 
Season of Redacted. I want them to call it Season of Redacted. I do too. Actually, I saw something, um, a, a few Funny. different uh, art posts and a few comments on Twitter. I want Saint to meet Aldrin, and I want it to like to be a full-on story for the season and call it Season of Redemption. Oh, I thought you were gonna say, and then Saint like headbutts him to death. <laughs> I would no, totally we're done here. With that. that would actually be a good name if if Aldrin came back. Season of Redemption. I was right. thinking rumors of Aldrin coming back, rumors of trials, trials of the <laughs> Sav. Like that's what's actually coming back next season. Bam. The soft trials. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yes. Trials. Try of not to kill Aldrin. That's. Season no, I would say maybe control. next maybe next season. I mean, they did... It might still be a little early. They did just preface the fact that he's alive and at least near the city. And sad. Um, so maybe next he's season is a little sad. too early. So maybe like two seasons from now? So you well, think and, like and spring or summertime? Well, how, much, how, many, what, how many more season passes do we have on the roadmap? Is two. it just one or two? Well, I thought we, we still have spring through. season starting the, uh, March. Yeah, two. Well, the season pass was... Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was three or four in the season pass. It was four, wasn't yeah. it? And then the summer, June through September, is um, moments of triumph and whatever. Okay. Else. Well, then I think it'll probably be the, the last season of the season pass. That's, like, weird because season pass is what you purchased, like, online to get all of the yeah. season yeah. passes. But season pass is also the term for annual the season. Pass. So. Yes, annual, annual pass. Yes, annual pass. Correct. That's, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the last season of the annual pass, possibly. Now, like, I'm looking at how much we've seen from Aldrin, or seen of Aldrin, since his, you know, res. Yeah. And it's only that ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we might need a little bit more of an introduction before they, like, go full-blown in there. Or maybe that was the tease for next season. Not entirely sure. I think they could do either or. That could be. They that could used be the to, tease for next season. Yeah, because I feel like Bungie used to, um, when they would tease something, it would be for like something coming out in like months or next year. You know, they used to just like tease stuff in a lore book. But lately, they've been like pretty on top of like we're gonna tease a little bit of something and then we're gonna go like full force in it just to kind of keep the yeah. attention. I really know. Well, I guess we should probably Good move question. on to our next question. Next question is my favorite question. Uh, Wicked Jester being the best question answer or asker that we know. Um, yes. Now that he's been resurrected, is it really bad that he's sporting a boner for his sister? Yeah. I said yes. Even if you get amnesia, it doesn't make incest okay. And we didn't go further down that conversation. But I'm, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Orchid. Okay. No. No. Go ahead. Okay. So first off, it, he, he's been rezzed, so he doesn't remember his sister. We don't know if he's had any inter- interaction with her. So this is talking about. Like retroactively making his actions all right because of his present. Exactly, he might not have a boner for his sister anymore. Right. Who wouldn't have a boner for his sister, though? I have a. Boner Th- that for is his true. Sister. That is true. I don't know. Maybe Aldrin. Yeah, goes for exos now. But and it's. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how I'm seeing it. Is we're trying to make his current situation prove the fact that it's all like his past is all right look at elemist finding like a sense of like like 
real thinking from what is kind of a goofy question. <laughs> I like it. That's not what the question is asking. <clears throat> the question is asking if his boner is okay because he's literally related to this lady. Maybe he doesn't have no. one anymore. That's the point. No, no. We're assuming my... that he does. No, we don't I mean, know that he my, ever did. My... They were okay. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, we do. Oh, you... It's so obvious. We... This episode I has talked about prove this. that he did. No, no, no. I talked about this when we recorded this episode the first time. And I think, remember his sister, he is just a longing to impress his sister. She's got him wrapped around her finger. And I don't see there any, like, and, sexual And when there. somebody's wrapped around somebody else's finger, it's usually because they have an attraction to them. <sighs> Not I don't always. think that's a finger she's wrapped around. Oh, my God. Well, I don't think... I think the answer is no. If it's true, it's not okay either way. Oh, no. She's wrapped around him. That's not how that works. (laughs) Oh, my God. How did that take you forever? Everything else, you're just, like, immediate, but that... I just want to say, guys, we apologize in advance. This is tame compared to the whatever (laughs) hour of nonsense that just happened, so... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I suppose we should get into this topic. That's okay. None of this is going to be on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm going to mark it explicit. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh, my God. We brought Orchid I on have. and we became explicit. I, All right. You know what? This is part of the package. You knew it was happening. She was like, I have been calm for the first couple episodes. Prepare yourselves. Oh, no. Everyone's well, going to a giant freak. Brief intro into the topic. They already know. I am going to be really professional because I can totally pretend that I didn't already talk about this stuff. This is indeed still part two of three. For the first part, please uh, go back and listen to episode 52. This is episode 53, so you're technically listening to them out of order. And this book does have a little bit of chronological storytelling, so go on back and listen to the first episode. Um, this is obtained, this lore book, by finding 20 different collectible items on various destinations. And this takes place after The Awoken of the Reef, which we covered in episodes 18 through 22. Um, and this lore book is all about your favorite villain turned guardian, Aldrin. So, yeah. Anyone else have anything else to add? Are we ready to get into this? I'm ready. Like we haven't done it before. I think we're going to be good at it. My question is, Speak is for Ivan, yourself. are you still prepared? You like pre-read these words last time. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> I do want to say that the first time we did this, Beard Grizzly was with us, and I'm really sad that he's not this time. Yep. Yeah. Because he had a lot of really, really good insight. We did have a lot of great conversation. Now it's just going to be better jokes. So... <laughs> So our regular level of professionalism. Yeah, well, with with an explicit tag, apparently, yeah. Well, if you're going to make it explicit, now I'm going to earn this thing. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. Asphodelia, <laughs> Mrs. Hyven. Okay. Um, after the heart, part one. Mara, I picked two flowers. The queen's retinue parts before Aldrin. Astonished eyes flicker between his face. His wounds and the potted flowers cupped in his hand. Some of them see a madman and reach for weapons before they remember that this is Aldrin Sov, Prince of the Awoken, beneficiary of the Queen's limitless indulgence. Asphodelia is its name. He kneels and offers it to his sister. 
It grew only in the Black Garden, until today. We will plant it here in our dominion, where I know it will take root and flourish. It will remind the people of our twin heritage. For a terrible moment, Mara is unreadable. Then she smiles and beckons. My brother has attained the Black Garden, and he returned to us. Come forward. She peels a single petal from the flower and lays it across her fingertip, holds it up to the light. Magnificent. Ilian, see to it. She passes it off. Aldrin swallows protest. He'd hoped she might plant it herself. Afterward, in private, she is still she is silent and still. He tells her everything he remembers. Did you see the heart? She asks softly. Like his um his disappointment in her is palpable because she just gives it away and what he really wants is for her to take care of it herself. Because that would show that what he did meant something. But since she's just throwing it away, she it's like she doesn't even care. Which is kind of pathetic and sad. I mean, she comments on how important it was and, like, they're going to use it. But I, part of me is like, what did he really expect? Like, for that real, is just the MO for his care. sister. Well, it, it, even even if she did, would she show it in public like that? I mean, who's who sees Mar... Thanks for bringing me this flower. Let me go plant it now. Like, what did he expect was going to happen? Right. This is why he should have brought it to her, like in private, just the two. But of like, them, so she also, him about if it. I like, what he wanted a grand what queen has time of... to go be planting flowers. That is what your retired grandmother does. Well, the queen well, is a retired grandmother. Well, this is why. I... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the actual that queen. queen, not like that queen. She's not retired. She's still working hard. Oh my god, we've already had an episode about discussion of the royal family. So let's stick to the in-game royal family. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but yeah, her only interest is, she does have interest, but like, she's not going to show that in front of everyone. You know, she is kind of intrigued by what he did, but it's not until in private that she's going to ask. And she's not going to give him that pat on the back he wants. It's more of a, did you see the heart? You know, what we're actually looking for, what I care about. Because it's not you, poor Aldrin. There's a part, um, the, for a terrible moment, Mara is unreadable, then she smiles and beckons. So that shows that she's swallowing her anger, that he absolutely went against her wishes. Or at least she's taken aback and maybe even surprised that he succeeded. Like, maybe that was the little bit it of, like... could have been surprised. You know, he's, he's, he says later he just wants to surprise her, or maybe he said that in the last book. But, like, that, I, part of me feels like that's kind of what he was hoping for, but Mara would never show that. I really right. honestly took it as Mara um, like Being swallowing her anger at him, which is why um, I don't think we could ever really know. That fake face on. That's why Mara is so good. Or it's a combination. A She's angry at like the surprise. Like she does not like to be surprised. It's not that he disobeyed her orders. It's that I don't know. I guess she just like didn't have any clue and then was surprised in front of like everyone you know mm-hmm. i think she, maybe she didn't like like the public display of it she does like secrets and you know yeah which when a secret like that like right out in later. public is not her thing yeah well then should we move into part two let's do yes. it yeah this is called after the heart part two the heart 
Aldrin considers his sister's question. After a while, his memories become confused. He was running through a thorny grove, and the branches and prickles were tearing at his cheeks. Huge, wet fruits slapped against his shoulders and detonated an overripe pulp. Fruits shaped like heavy, swollen ghosts. He was huddled with Julian beneath a thick cobweb holding his breath. As they listened to voices argue just outside, his heartbeat, was it his heartbeat or another's? He was in an apartment block. He remembers that. He was sitting in the laundry room, a place with a black and white checkered tile floor, watching his crows tumble over and over in the dryer, black feathers flurrying, beaks clacking. A big old female cabal sat in the tub to his left, scrubbing her back with a wire brush. A vexed goblin with a face of Alice Lee in its stomach stood behind the counter, selling detergent. Aldrin, she said, you've got a hole in you. The cabal grunted in agreement. He looked down at himself, and there was a hole in his hand, black and perfectly round. His dryer ran out of time, but his crows were still wet. Aldrin, Mara shaking him. She does not ordinarily touch anyone. Did you see the heart? It seems the most natural thing in the world that a garden should have a heart. The vex infest the place, he says. It gives them something they crave. It grows them towards what they want to be. You didn't answer the question, Mara says coolly. It's a perfectly sensible observation. It's the strangest thing Aldrin has ever heard her say. Whatever the heart of that place is, he says, pacing, it's a seed, I think, a seed left behind to grow, like a, a note of glimmer or... The idea strikes him as a thunderbolt, or a tripwire, bait to attract those who seek out and destroy what they don't understand. Bait for guardians. Bait to mark some milestone in the traveler's recovery. I told you never to go there, Mara says. Her eyes burn. She draws her cloak tight. Are you not devoted to me? Sister, he says, of course I am. Yet you defy me. Yes, Aldrin thinks. Yes, aren't those the same thing? How could you care at all for something that never surprises you? He feels suddenly, utterly alone. Can we take a moment and just talk about a female cabal sitting in a bathtub with a wire brush? I think if we don't, we're doing life wrong. I take or Vex with faces and stomachs. But like one of those wash tubs that you have at like laundromats, the big deep ones. So she's just in like a big sink. Yes, even better. That's because you have sinks on oh the my. brain, Orchid. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god. That um, is funny. I didn't think about that, but that is a, mu- a better like, well, mental picture. Like an old room, so. That's true. It's true. Yeah. And then like yeah. the little like laundry mat you go to and you know they just have like you can there's like a little guy behind a counter and would you like detergent? Cuz if, if I know you know normally they'll just have like the little dispenser, but clearly mm-hmm. the Vex goblin was selling detergent. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the weirdest <laughs> trip ever. A goblin with the stomach with Alice Lee in it. <clears throat> right. But guys, his crows were still wet. Don't you hate when your dryer runs out of time and your crows are still wet? What if he doesn't have enough quarters, guys? As I experienced this the other day, did I tell you guys my fail? No. <laughs> I mean, you told me, but... Color me intrigued. Quick, quick tangent. My brain's a little scattered on my work trip. And so I went to go do clothes the other weekend. It was like I right guess, after we got done recording with Beard. Oh, yeah. After that marathon of recording, I hurried to go do my clothes. 
And I got there. There's like one washer, one dryer with this little kind of little hotel. And um, I threw all my clothes in, stuck my like two dollars and quarters in that I had to like run out and get changed from like some random Walgreens because I couldn't. It was too late to get changed from the front desk and blah blah. blah. So I stick it in there. I start it up. And it was like, that doesn't seem right. And then, why why does it only have heat settings? No, like, temperature of my water. Then I realized I had thrown my clothes all in the dryer, paid for it, click start. So I stopped it, I opened it up, switched everything to the washer, started the wash machine, and it was like, okay, it says I have 45 minutes left. If I just, like, don't mess with it, I can still do this. And so, ironically enough, I could see the little uh, laundry room from across the street because these are outdoor hotel rooms, and I literally, nobody, it was so late, I just watched from across the street my clothes go, and I set a timer, so I ran over there to um, swap my clothes out, and unfortunately, the dryer had been counting down even though it wasn't on, so I had to throw my clothes in the dryer and add some more time because the dryer was about to stop and my clothes were still wet. And fortunately enough, it might, it was, it's $2 for like 45 minutes, but if you don't let it shut down, it's like 30, every 15 minutes for every quarter. So I was able to only spend like an extra 50 cents to dry all my clothes. But yeah, I have never, ever thrown my clothes in the dryer with, with the detergent guys. If I hadn't noticed, do you know how much of a mess that, fortunately it was a pod. I was able to grab it and throw everything in the washer. But this, I, I relate now that we're recording this this week because I know what it feels like to run out of time and your crows are still wet. Those poor crows. Yeah. And your poor clothes. It worked out in the end. The clothes. I hope so. Yeah. Not the crows, though. That didn't yeah. work out very well. well especially because they were still damp. Also, they were being watched by a naked cabal in a tub. Also because they were going round and round and round, smacking feathers and beaks. So Okay, I have a question, though. Sorry, Almas. Go ahead. So, moral of the story from Hyven is, look before you put anything in. Nice. Look. I thought you were going to say look before you leave. Yeah, I mean, you should always keep the lights on. <laughs> What's happening? I have a question. I have a legitimate question. Yes. Are they actual crows? Or are they like robots? Or are they like people he calls crows? Yes. Like, so, right? Doesn't it talk about feathers? All of the above. No, so, yeah, so right. he wear feathers and still <coughs> But it also does beak clacking. Well, so, we know. But I don't know. Oh my gosh. Go ahead. Elemis is going to tell you what we know about crows so far. Okay. So the thing is, in the distributary, he actually had crows. Right. At like least different birds of prey crows. and stuff. But that was in the distributary. Right. Since coming back, it's been drones and people. Yeah, so Aldrin's See, crows I, are kind of like how you know, Ikora has her hidden. It's his organization yes. of people like okay. Jolion, but also he has surveillance drones that look like crows. They're robots um, okay. that actually fly around. We'll talk about that later. They actually help him... Uh, fix his ship when he crash lands and stuff like that so i have a feeling he's probably seen real living crows that he has mimicked his surveillance drones and things after uh because of his like love for for birds because we knew he had birds in the distributary yep yeah so that was okay because i i did think it was just people with like drones and then he's talking about like actual birds in like the dryer 
So Orchid has yeah, the vision of like, like bodies, <laughs> bodies in the dryer, just like bouncing yeah. around. Bodies and, and like, machine this is parts. A giant just... dryer, and it just has body parts in it. And it's just going around and yeah. around, and it's like, yeah, it's not getting wet because there's a bunch of blood in there. Like, well, Orchid, clearly so, that is so, too crazy for that to make any sense. Obviously, so this vision is very real. So the thing is, <laughs> he has to have two dryers: one for the body parts, one for the machine parts. You can't right. mix the two. Okay. Yeah, I was very confused. So thank you yeah. for clearing that up. I was like, I didn't think they were actual birds, but maybe they are. Like, I think in this vision, yeah, he is seeing actual crows. So then, in I this just like trip. The, yeah. yeah, in this trip, that's true. So that's the other thing: is this like an acid trip, or is this a some kind of vision? Because the second he starts thinking about the heart is when all this craziness happens. But he also starts with the fact that he's running through like a bunch of fruit that is exploding all over him. Just you know, as a tree searcher, Orchid, you oh, yes. know, I'm sure that like plants can make you hallucinate and stuff. They can. So I was just, I'm but... kind of curious. Like, was there something in the Black Guardian Garden? Oh God, I just started it oh, again. No. <laughs> Last week there when we were discussing in the card, one of the points that I really appreciated that somebody brought out was discussing that potentially. This encounter with the Black Garden is where Aldrin first initially got infected as to where he became susceptible for Riven. Yes, that yeah. is something we'll talk And I that is something loved we'll talk that. about throughout this. I loved that suggestion because it was definitely something I had never thought about before. Just love me. Thank you for reminding us of that. Yeah, Orchid made that fine comment that we kind of will mm. play into as the episode continues. And it kind of actually builds... So keep in mind, mm -hmm. like, this is happening long, 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 long time ago, before our Guardian, anything like that. Um, well, so if it's, yeah. yeah, so chronologically, this happened a while in the past, long before Riven, at least, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, this is kind of like that little seed is planted. He starts God. going crazy. Yeah. To answer your tree searcher question, um... We, they talked about in we talked about it in part one that there were spores in the air because he took the helmet off of that cabal yep, yep. um and saw that they're like a um he talked about like it, it was like, like a, strawberry like, like a seeds yeah in his, it was like strawberry skull. seeds had grown on its face in the garden yeah. so like yeah there has to be like spores there that he inhaled that Maybe he's got strawberry seeds growing on his brain. I don't know. Maybe it was better he died what... and needed to be rezzed, or he would have been strawberry head. I know jack shit about anatomy. Like, I don't even know all the body parts. Strawberry soft. <laughs> strawberry like, soft. <laughs> <laughs> now, trees, this is your woman, trees, guys. Trees, people... I know. That's my wheelhouse. But people, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, is there anything else we wanted to discuss we've we've focused on that that one paragraph i know but we, we have completely ignored the actual conversation yes because the conversation like all she does is say like oh yeah um i told you not to do this thing and he's like but i thought you wanted me to do this thing she's like i really didn't and he's like um but isn't that you telling me to do the thing well, the poor guy wants to just impress her in any way. He's going to the, he's going for the fact that like doing what you're told all the time would get so boring that he'd be forgotten. So he needs to like surprise her to like remind her that he is not just this like boring dude, but is still like relevant and useful to her. 
This is why I say that it's not necessarily like an attraction. It's just like he is so messed up because um, we talked about and might talk about more about how um, the grounding force for him and Mara when they were in the distributary was their mother. She's the one who kept Mara from like kind of just using her brother like a puppet all the time. And Mara actually, that was like the one person Mara like felt uncomfortable around, I felt like, and like kind of feared that could like tell when she was just lying and full of BS. And so with her mom gone, Mara has done nothing but manipulate her brother pretty much for who knows how long. And mm -hmm. so the poor guy is just, I don't think he can do anything of his own initiative, even when he thinks right. he is. Mm -hmm. She plays That's him fun. like so hard. And that's why I'm interested to see current Aldrin because he's free of his sister's influence. He's free of Riven. He's free of all these other influences. I mean, yeah, he's got a ghost, but for the most part, the ghost is kind of a dimwit and isn't going to tell him exactly what to do. So this is going to be Aldrin being Aldrin. Yeah. Although I will say on the little snippet we got from uh pulled pork in the one card we got, he seems like a he's 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 there, all there. He was very kind and gave Aldrin information and tried to encourage him. So he at least seems like a good companion. So Yeah. I know pulled pork is not always the biggest fan to to Orchid at least, but like pulled, I don't know, they sucks. They they at least pork. they at least seem to be like a fair enough uh like grouping and, it's uh, it's almost yeah. it, it's one of those situations where the ghost complements the guardian's personality because Aldrin was very or at least in that card he was very like depressing and moody but then you got pulled pork who is just this this untapped well of optimism it's true i mean and like but I would say, like, Aldrin was moody before because he just was always, like, depressed. But now he was just, like, genuinely had reason to be sad and alone. So, like, we see that his personality has already changed. So I w it will be interesting to see, once again, as we've said before, like, what he turns out to be. And, like, how much yeah, how much emotion or does he... Is he going to have... When he sees his sister, is he going to have any recollection? And also, what is she going to do? Does she... Was she done with him when she left him to pretty much die in the Taken War? Does she have any we, more plans for her brother? We don't know. From what we see of Mara, if you don't have like a spot in her plan, it's not that she doesn't care about you at all, but like she moves on. Other than yeah. like Shirido, there's like nobody. Well, that, yeah, I can like, totally see her like finding out that he's alive but has amnesia and just being like, all right, I'll just wait for him to come to me and like using his new position as a guardian to her I ability so. without letting Never him know him. at all that they're related. Right. Yeah, she's totally not necessarily a fan right of guardians, but she does like to use guardians. That yeah, is true. I could totally see her using him without telling him. We're a good tool. <laughs> yeah, good I could point. totally see her manipulating the situation. Yeah. Um, the only other thing he comments, he does talk a little bit about the Black Heart, and he talks about how um, I thought this was interesting that it was like a tripwire, a uh, bait to attract those who seek out and destroy what they don't understand. 
And he's thinking about bait for guardians, um, trying to kind of destroy that little bit of the darkness, which we do eventually do in D1. Mm-hmm. But I find it interesting that, as we just discussed, this is this might possibly be the bait for Aldrin. As we're gonna see as this, these cards go on, this like the the darkness like the um, the black heart's kind of got like its hooks in him, and this is kind of what might possibly lead to like the possible influence of like Riven and stuff like that. Because he's not gonna get rid of this after this happens. It's gonna it's gonna start messing all kinds of crap up as we continue on. Yeah. Is everyone ready and dry and ready to keep going? Pickle was so wet, you guys. Like, I had to rub the shit out of him because he was just, like, sopping wet. Because I guess it's pouring outside. I can't hear it because I'm deaf. So, you had a wet kitty. I had a wet pussy that I had to dry off. Yes. All right. Well, now that that is dry, (laughs) Elvis, would you like to continue on? (laughs) Well, it's right. explicit. I can say whatever I want, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> People are going to download this episode and be excited to listen to it because I want to know what's why all of a sudden. <clears throat> yeah. It's a mood, guys. It's that mood. All right. Sorry. I'll be, I'll be covering Jolion. When he sees Jolion in the arsenal, the realization of his sh- own sheer, unbelievable, inconsiderate, disgraceful, boorishness makes Aldrin gasp aloud in horror. Hey, he calls, roughly. He's not sure how to apologize. He hasn't spoken to Jolion since they returned from the garden. He didn't commend Jolion to the queen, or throw him a fede. Uh, is that fede feet? I feel like that's a typo now. I don't remember that. Yeah, I think it's a feet. Uh... I don't know. Beard read this card last time. Yeah. Beard was after work. It's Fet. Yes. Fet? Okay. Yes. Because there should be an accent um, over the top of it. The first E. Over the first E. And that makes it a short E, so Fet. Gotcha. He didn't commend Jolion to the queen or throw him a Fet for his bravery or even ask if he was sleeping all right after after everything he forgot about him hey Julian says not looking up you weren't at the range yesterday oh you don't even need a spotter Aldrin says trying to tease him but it comes off flat and dismissive I've been uh, dreaming recording his dreams pouring feverishly through the origin libraries searching for confirmation of what his heart wants so desperately to be true. The future of the Awoken could lie in that garden. There is a wellspring of light on earth, a blinding beacon that will only grow brighter. The Awoken will not survive, not as they are. Mara's vision and the truth of their origins will be lost, diluted by the anodyne philosophy of those city-born ideologues. The Guardians will kill everything they find. What if the Garden is the Traveler's antithesis? What if the Awoken can find in the Garden a new place of balance, an equipotential between the darkness and the light? As the light brightens, the shadows deepen. 
Joyan is saying something. Sorry, Aldrin grunted, fussing with his revolver. What was that? I said we should talk about what happened in there. Yes! He realizes n- now how afraid he was that Joyon wouldn't see the significance of that place. Revulsion and fear, yes, natural responses. But he must see past them. Yes, we've got to record all our observations before they f- fade. I should have asked you sooner. Aldrin, I don't want anyone to know what we saw. Oh, this kindles a little bonfire of warmth in his gut. Of course. No one else has to know. Our shared secrets, hmm? I wish I didn't remember what I saw, Julian says, fumbling his rifle's firing pin. It hits the floor like a dull chime and rolls under his bench. He doesn't go after it. And I don't keep secrets. Aldrin thinks about this for a moment. The profound truth of it hits him like a cold wind. You don't, do you? Joyon knows exactly where he was born, to what lineage. His capabilities as a marksman are public record. As one of Aldrin's crows, he flies dangerous surveillance missions. But he's not a covert operative. Aldrin knows everything about him. You gonna be on the range tomorrow? Julian asks, too casually. Thought we might shoot a few magazines. Not tomorrow, Aldrin says. I have work to do. He is already trying to imagine how Mara would react if he tries to turn the oracle engine on the garden. The things he might learn. The things she will surely want to know. So the biggest takeaway I get from this is how much his relationship with Julian is affected. Um, Not only... I mean, Julian kind of works for Aldrin, uh, but we also have seen that they were good friends, and now this experience that they share together kind of has put a a schism between them, because Aldrin wants to just... I mean, he's dreaming about these visions, recording them. Like, he just wants to to do all he can to remember this stuff and Julian just wants it gone and he is either so wrapped up in this um like research of the black garden <clears throat> that he is kind of just he's kind of thrown Julian to the side or quite possibly my other thought about this or is just the fact that he just said how can you have like a good relationship with someone without surprises when Julian basically tells him that, like, you know, I don't keep secrets. When Aldrin realizes that he knows everything about him, is that kind of like that allure of any type of relationship for Aldrin just kind of like fades out? Because Aldrin is such like what's become like an adrenaline junkie. He's literally always looking for his next high, and unfortunately, it's usually from his sister. And like, I just find it sad that he had like a actual healthy friendship or some type of relationship here, and kind of just like whether it's obsession with his sister or uh the seed of like the darkness kind of creeping into his mind it kind of like it's it's this is the start of that being thrown away so i find that kind of sad because this shows like aldrin actually had a friend and like a normal relationship i think this um this one probably starts to illustrate how this obsession is really getting into him and um, just further strengthens the idea that being um, in the Black Garden really did something to him. 
and that little obsession that he had has just kind of grown and grown and grown especially after his sister rejected him and so he probably is thinking oh well i need to just be better and know more and be the most knowledgeable and then maybe she'll accept me sure yeah and and like and the other part is I, I see that possibly following the theory that he's starting to kind of get like hooked by the um, the black heart. Just the fact that he's like full on talking about turning the Oracle engine on it mm-hmm. to with like out permission to learn stuff. Yeah. But also the fact that he thinks, well, that if the heart is the like antithesis of the traveler, mm-hmm. well, then who better than the awoken people, like a split between the two to like equal them out. But clearly he is definitely biased i mean we already know he's biased against the traveler he also seems influenced by this heart um so he's totally not the person to like bring order and but he sounds like he in his head like he is convinced like this is his duty to his sister and to like everyone well also um we've been in the oracle engine like we know how big it is and if he thinks his sister's going to be happy that he used something that's, like, the size of a giant building to, like, look into something she's explicitly said do not do. Right? Like, like we see the Oracle that engine. That endear you to somebody. Right? Like, this is, like, one of the yeah. most powerful things that they have in the Dreaming City. Like, this is how what we've used to, like, communicate with Mara in her Ascendant Realm. Like, who knows how much how many res- how much resource this requires just to use on a regular basis. And he just kind of wants to, like, hijack the thing for a, a quick research project that he was specifically told never to even, like, start with. Yeah, so the Dreaming City isn't locked yet. Meaning no. that, like, this actually gives us a little bit of a timeline. I thought we had that timeline before. I'm, I'm referring to other books. The Dreaming City book. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, this is this is early, early on. I feel like like not when they first came out of this tributary, us. but yeah, like right. soon after where they had kind of like established themselves into like the new they dreaming are in city. The but reef, I thought they are, but I guess city they have the Oracle engines, so they must have the dreaming city also. Yeah, didn't they always have the dreaming city? No, when they we'll f- have to dive into the dreaming city lore book. But it was something that they specifically cra- uh, crafted. Yeah, when they first came out of the distributary, they basically just had their like flotilla of ships, and they kind of just hid out in the reef while they were doing surveillance on kind of what was going on and how they could help Earth if it was the appropriate time, because that's what we had discussed in one of the, in the past books. You know, when they yeah. first came out, they like weren't sure what they were gonna do, um, but like at this point, I feel like they still have the reef established and they've got their like space in the. Uh, dreaming city but like no craziness yeah. is going on uh, and there's like no riven well there is a riven but not like in the way we know riven right yeah uh and the second thing i wanted to point out in the paragraph that Julian says i wish i didn't remember what i saw and i don't keep mm-hmm. secrets like we discussed this when when beard was on um but i i want to reiterate it here I seriously got vibes that he was talking about committing suicide. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. I didn't personally think it was as severe. I think it was, you know, I could see that someday it led up to that if he kept having nightmares and visions of this. But to me, it was at least like, you know, Aldrin's talking about recording this stuff. 
reliving it. And yeah, I do get the feeling that it's like, please no, don't well, ever make me relive this again. I want to be as far from this as possible. I want to go back to our gun range, our like shooting together, our just doing our normal activities. But I, I didn't get suicide so, from this at all. I didn't either. Well, but so so it, it was something traumatic that he wants to forget. That doesn't um, mean suicide. He you was can he was something without. It, let me finish. Okay. No, so so he he was distant, like he's fumbling with his rifle and a piece falls apart or falls off and he's just not dealing with it. It's called PTSD. Yeah. I think he definitely has PTSD. That's not suicide. That's PTSD. Like, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. and And I get that. It was more of just like, this was my initial react or my initial vibe from it. My initial thought. No, I mean, I can see how, like, yes, unfortunately, like, PTSD does lead to that kind of stuff sometimes. Um, you know, if you do dwell on things that mess you up, unfortunately, mm-hmm. some people do have to deal with, you know, whether or not he actually, you know, that's also another discussion on, uh, you know, sometimes people, sometimes when you have those thoughts that you don't actually plan on always acting on, but I could see how this was a traumatic enough experience that it definitely messed him up in the head a little bit. And he at mm-hmm. least wants to like continue on his life and put this as far back as possible. And maybe that's also why it's hard for him to associate with Aldrin, because Aldrin is just making him like relive these moments. I think Mara's gonna kill him. Ooh, I think Mara's gonna kill him too. That's my thought. He's a loose end. That is interesting. <clears throat> you know, the fact that there is that little bit of the... And he's not going to keep it a secret, and Mara is not going to like Aldrin's that. like, oh, wait, you don't keep secrets, and these need because to be Because she's all about secrets. That's what I remember I thought last week. Yeah, that's a good point. Look at you contributing when you're even when you're half asleep. All right, so I will be continuing on with After the Fall. She is gone. He lives now in a state of perpetual dread. He hates the future because he fears it. He fears its emptiness and cannot imagine lonely eternity without her. As he staggers down the edge of a Martian chasm, he can feel the drop calling to him, begging him to join her, to end it all. The heat of the place soaks him in sweat. The dead chassis of one of his old crow drones, slung over his back, feels like it's compressing his ribs, pushing his lungs up against his sternum, expelling his breath. He needs the drone to fix a ship. Again, he must get off Mars. He must start looking for her. The weight of the crow drone slams him down on hands and knees. His vision swims. Stars and shining harbingers soar through the ring plane in a wall of terrible light. And he sees the moment the dreadnought took everything from him. The moment his sister finally, absolutely, utterly ran out of secret plans. That instant, when all sounds ceased, and he screamed denial, and yet, in spite of his soul's plea to die with her, reached for the deflection shield that saved his life. He crawls until he cannot. He can rest in the shadow of a dead Vex block. He crashed in the Candor Isles, not so far from the gate to the garden, the place where he saw another path for the Awoken. Why had Mara never accepted his invitation? He had been hearing her, 
thirst hallucinations, surely. But there is that hum, that whisper, that thrill of starlight in his skull. A flock of his crow drones found his crash site and repaired his fighter. He made it halfway to orbital velocity before Cabal gun clawed him out of the sky and sent him crashing down in Hellas Basin. Now his crows are dead and the fighter is probably beyond repair. And his sister is gone. His sister is gone. And he followed her and all his people followed her because he and they were sure she had a plan. She always had a plan. Something better than dying by the thousands for a city that does not care. He should go, to ho go home. He should go home. If he can find a way. But will he have the strength? He cannot be the champion they loved. He cannot restore their faith in the purpose of the Awoken, or in his sister's design. He no longer believes. This world is a carcass now. The scars of the Guardian's passage. Gabal fortresses reeking of decay, littered with flesh and bone and broken armor. The shattered chassis of Vex littering the sands. A place of death. Death and war. A war that tilts on the fulcrum of the Traveler, brought upon it by the puppets of that Traveler, that fulcrum of war. There is something in his eye. He blinks and blinks, trying to rub it away, and as he does, he struggles to hear her, to sense that prickle of starlight under his skin. She will tell him he is on the right path. She will tell him she's still alive. He feels nothing. Ooh, I read this one last time, so hearing it read to me is fun. Um, it's it's utterly depressing hearing like what kind of low he's reached now that his sister's gone and he's in the sands with nothing, and he's just surrounded by death everywhere. There's the death of his people, the death of his sister, like the death of his hope, you know, everything like that. And there's nowhere for him to go but that that whisper. And this is where I wonder if Riven is starting to whisper at him. Or if the garden is starting to whisper. Or if Riven's trying to get him to go in the garden. Or, you know, what's happening. Because when usually when we have whispers, we have Ahamkara. Yeah. And I think at this point he's, like, or looking worms. for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think at this point he's yeah. looking for it and he still doesn't feel anything. And as we continue on, he is going to start actually hearing those whispers. Mm -hmm. And we'll see that like moment when he starts like kind of slipping away. But it it is like for a moment in this card, uh, he has like a quick sense of clarity. Because as we continue on, we're going to see Riven getting like full on grips. And before that, we saw kind of his fascination with the Black Garden. I also like that this kind of furthers the idea of like the Black Garden kind of being the seed for Riven. Because it goes from that conversation right up to the point where he starts mm -hmm. being being kind of taken over by that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's even talking, he's starting to rub his eyes at this point. So, like, yeah. there's something infecting him. And that's why I think we come to before. It goes back to, like, that hole he saw in his hand and the vision. Mm -hmm. Almost like a mini black heart kind of, like, right. as part of him. Mm -hmm. So it has the garden now, the spores of the garden or whatever, or... When he was he was shot, wasn't he? When he was there in the in the uh, 
I don't know. I don't think so. Was he injured in the garden? Why am I thinking that he was? I don't think so. No, I don't think he was injured. I think they just... I mean, he probably got banged up, but there was no specific injury that was talked about. Right. I was just thinking if he was just like... They got shot at a lot. Yeah. But I don't know if they... Maybe that's just what I'm thinking of. And that was like while they were at Mars. We talked about how we all would love some deflection grenades that he keeps using. Oh yeah, deflection deflection shield on his ship, deflection grenades. Yeah. Oh my God, mini Titan bubble grenade. Mini. Right. Um. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you guys are so cute at the same time. (laughs) Uh, The one thing I wanted to point out is this is some time skip. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's war, isn't it? Taking it, well, this is right after, after uh, Oryx arrives in the the system. Okay, okay. So the first, you know, the, the the last entry that we read before, you know, this one, it could have taken place any time from the point that the Awoken arrived in the system and were established until just before our Guardian was rezzed. Mm-hmm. And now this one, we have a definite, you know, this is happening. D one year two, mm-hmm. yeah, at least like like three years in kind of thing. You're not quite, but you know it. it I and I have yeah. a feeling that this could have been like a couple decades, even like who knows from kind of like timeline is kind of a little fuzzy, of course, in Destiny. But like could have been a lot of time, at least years, it, not like months or days. Right. It helps that this book is so linear because that's not always the case. With a lot of lore books. Yeah. But true. we do have the ability to track like when things have happened. And can you imagine the amount of time he spent by himself at this point? Yeah, right. This is like when we kinda learned yeah. that we knew that he had crash landed on Mars after taking King. But the fact that we now know that he crash landed six well you can't I don't know if he crashed successfully, but he crash landed with his ship still successfully intact. And a fleet of like crow drones to like repair it, but then he takes mm-hmm. off again, gets shot down by Cabal, Crash and now he's got nothing mm-hmm. but like one stray crow. And as you mentioned, he's lost it's... all hope, and he's in a freaking war zone, pretty much and between Guardians, it... Cabal, Vex, everything. Yeah, and it talks about um, how the crow drone is compressing his ribs, like really it's... freaking heavy. Yeah, like I didn't know so they were that it's serious. Super heavy and. So he's just struggling bodily to get the stupid thing back through his ship because it's all he has. It's the only way off the planet at this point, unless he like steals a guardian ship. Yeah, and then like it, you know, it's bolted out when it talks about how his sister is gone, and then like her having a plan that was not just dying for the city that does not care. Like he, this is like the first time I think in his life where he, his sister didn't have a plan in his mind, and he is not used to that. He does not know what to do. Uh, he he thinks he should go home, but he doesn't even know if he has the strength to like go on at this point. Like this is kind of like his low of lows, and this is like yeah. the question that I always come back to is if his sister had to just clued him in on the plan, like what would have been the outcome? I mean, to me, Riven would have never got in his head. Uh, you know, Cade would still be alive. The Dreaming City would have never like fallen. Like, mm-hmm. or was all that kind of stuff just what Mara viewed as like a side effect for the original plan? I think even Mara yeah, or, didn't think like that far ahead. Like this was just her plan to like take out Oryx and get her own throne world. But like she could have filled in Aldrin. He really could have been much more useful to her, I think, with his brain and not just like as a tool. 
But I don't think she sees him as anything but. Yeah, she doesn't. A tool. Or was all that happened part of Mara's plan? Yeah, that's what See, I'm wondering. This is a but I think rabbit hole now. Yeah. Taking. Well, yeah, hey, that's everything my. Everything could be the plan. Yeah, exactly. I, sometimes I think we give Mara too much credit. Like, I think she yeah. knows a lot. She plans pretty seriously. But I think she had so much happening. Just, like, the amount of, like, intricacy that her plan to basically the whole bank heist, as it was, like, the vault heist, as it referred to, to, like, get all of her people killed, get taken in as cargo, pretty much, into Oryx's Ascendant Realm. Once he's in there plan for us to like kill him and then to go to the dreaming city and like charge up her battery so that she could have her own ascendant realm like i felt like that plan was complicated enough that she didn't on top of that plan for her brother to get like corrupted and like calls like pandemonium yeah i think that that was kind of uh i mean she was um, even warned unless... at some at some point, I don't remember what book it is or where it was. It might be the Dreaming City book. But someone talks about, like, should they fill her brother in on this plan? And she says no. Like, that he's not really part of the whole uh, design. I remember that, yeah. The the only thing that I'm, I'm thinking of right now is maybe because of protocol that Dreaming City has to be locked be, when certain things happen. So, like, yeah. the Taken War happens. The Dreaming City's locked. Mara can't successfully perform the rest of her plan. Uh, yeah, th- this is a huge rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, like for me, I, I told you, you can't yeah. go down this rabbit hole. Nope. I mean, I think she, I think Savathun yeah. all over again. Exactly. I think her plan yeah. was literally to wait it out and to see what happened. That's why she had her ascendant Rome. because, like, there's no way she could be like, oh, uh, now Oryx is going to take my Ahamkara, but then, you know, yeah, when I kill Oryx, well, then his sister's gonna go in there and take over this half, like, somewhat of having Will, you know, Ahamkara, and then, like, play on my brother's, like, infection of the Black Heart, and then, like, kill all of half, the rest of my people, practically, and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like even for Mara, that's down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah. I don't know, though. The... Maybe Mara has no idea what's going on, and she's just really good at faking it until you make it. But yeah, that, that's what that I think be. is. I think she's just really good at faking. I think she has enough information that she can deduce, or if she had some sort of like probability engine, she could figure out. She's got an oracle based engine based on like based on you know the probabilities of this timeline versus this timeline. If this happens, then that happens, that's and so true. you can determine that if you keep it really basic. That's true. You know, that could be like but, what in like the Avengers and like Civil War where yeah. Doctor Strange says there's like one outcome and everyone's like, oh, it must have been where he Infinity gave War. up the stone. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Civil War? Yeah. Infinity War. Sorry. Yeah. And that's kind of that would make more sense. Like she looked at the like Oracle engine and found out that like her people would survive. Things would work out. If she did this, but as far as like well, mm-hmm. the details, those were all really fuzzy, yeah. so and that it, would make much had, like, more sense. Chapter headings in like the book of this is what's going to happen, and so you can kind of deduce how to get there. But I don't think she. I think that's it's a like fair you point. skim it and you don't actually like read the book. That's fair, and I also don't think Mara is like the kind of person. Like I think she takes in a lot of information, but she's not the kind of person to me who like acts until she has to. 
Like, she's a stand back and watch things happen. Yeah. And, and only when they need action is she going to, like, step in. Like, she had already set it up for the Guardians to come in and save the Dreaming City. I don't think she planned for the Dreaming City to get screwed over, but, like, she set in motion a plan, and she was going to wait. She's, like, really confident in herself. I mean, rightly mm-hmm. so, but, like, she just was, like, waiting for things to happen. I mean, well, and her like for being confident. Well, and, like, it, I, I think the, the, the one thing that you both are forgetting is that this is a woman who literally used people as pawns in chess for centuries, if not yeah. millennia, in the yeah, distributary. I'm okay with that. I do agree, but I don't yeah. think she could play Savathun and Oryx, like, well, not in the same way, like, she normally does, and, like, that's kind of where I get back to, like, Riven. This was not all, like, her doing with Riven. Like, Savathun right. had a part to play, unless she's wor- unless she's working with, like, <sighs> unless she got some power from Oryx's death to kind of, like, do some craziness in that, that now goes down a whole nother thing. But, like, I, I just, I think her plan stopped at just waiting to see how, like, at, things at played out. At the Ascendant Realm. Yeah, at the Ascendant Realm. And, like, she was like, now I'm safe in here. I can plan out everything. Because it wasn't until, like, recently... Well, it's not... It's been a while now. But it wasn't until, like, the last time we saw her when she was like, okay, I gotta go enact the next part of my plan. Like, she had just been chilling for, like, a year, practically. Mm-hmm. Two years. I think she two had two been years. gathering information because we had one yeah. week where we saw the pyramid. Three. We had other weeks where we saw other things. Wait, wait, wait. No, so. I mean, Taken, Taken King, there was only, like, a year. That was year two. It was three years. That was Destiny 1, year two. Then there was Rise of Iron, which was year three. Mm-hmm. It was two. It was two years. Red War was year four. Year five year was five Forsaken. Was, yeah. yeah. I think it was so two and a half, three maybe. Three years. Something like that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. She but she's had all that time to create a, a new plan. Live essentially exactly. That was my thing. Like, she was in there planning, not necessarily, like enacting the plan she wasn't in her pajamas watching cartoons like eating a bowl of popcorn <laughs> like she was doing stuff guys. yeah exactly she was working really hard that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounded oddly specific babe yeah i don't know why i just envisioned envisioned you just like chilling in a onesie just like enjoying a nice weekend I'll when you're not tree searching <laughs> I have a, I have three onesies. Oh my god, I Mrs. Hyven got a new onesie. onesie. Her, her sister and, I have, and mom. Have I one. saw it. It is the oh my cutest. Gosh. <laughs> no, I have um, I have a sheep onesie and I have a cat, like a rainbow cat onesie, and I have an owl onesie. <clears throat> I wore the sheep onesie to work this year doing tree search in it. Oh my gosh. I have not seen her new onesie. The cutest thing I have done in a long so time. Oh There's pictures. Yep. Okay, I'm going to read this next anyway. part. We're very much done. For real. Yeah, I think we're done. <laughs> Just Aldrin has no hope. He's giving up. This is the only part I wanted to point out. Like, he's Aldrin's super... Aldrin's a real sad boy. Yeah, he's, like, at his lowest low right now. So just, like, pay attention when we get into, like, the next card. Like, all of a sudden, like, his, his like, mentality changes. And then we can kind of talk about, like, what the hell. Aldrin, come on. Okay. This card is called Kings. When at last they drag him before the Kel... He has already been transformed by weeks of abuse, weeks of beatings, and forced runs in animal pen conditions into a happy man. The mighty Kel of Kings tells him clearly, but not concisely, what it thinks of him. Prince Aldrin of a ruined house, lesser of two siblings, bested by Skolas, blinded by Variks, less than dreg, squandered of fleets, last of the awoken nobility, last of his kind. 
when Aldrin looks up at him. He does not even need to speak the truth. The Kell of Kings has named Aldrin, and in doing so, it has named itself the broken ruler of a broken house, the last Kell. You can do what I cannot, the Kell tells Aldrin. You broken, beaten thing. You have no pride, so you will lose nothing when you give the word that must be given. It is twilight for the fallen, and we must lay our banners down into the groaned and growled protests of its court. The Kell of Kings kneels to Aldrin. I bow to thee, it says, for in thy downfall and disgrace thou bearest the weakness we cannot. Thou shalt tell the Lixni to tear off their banners. Thou shalt tell them that we must all surrender to each other. We must give up our rivalries or we will not survive. Wilt thou do this for one dying people, prince of another? He will do it. He will gain soldiers and ships and resources to begin the search. He found them, he himself, by risking everything and surviving, as he always does. He feels her in his heart. She is still out there. She needs him more than ever. In the pit of his suffering, her voice came clearly to him, like the way she once appeared to him while he was being beaten to a pulp in a zero-g brawl. She is out there waiting for him, and everything will be all right. He will be there for her. It will be all right. Sound like you're about to turn go into a song there at the end. I could turn it into a song. Right. For five dollars. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Who knew that Kells were very up on their Shakespeare? Right? Shakespearean language. Like old English. I think it's just books that they found. Yeah. What books are you going to keep around? You're going to keep Shakespeare around. You're not going to keep up like Jacko the Clown who like wrote some sort of fucking graphic novel. It's going to be like the works. Yeah, that was my thing. Like, you think about w- w- how like someone might learn another language that isn't like formal education. You usually pick up the slang from wherever you you learned it from, whether it was like TV or um, like a group of like friends or something like that. So in the same way, this could have just been like books. Or I think we you know we def- we discussed in the other uh, the first time we tried this about what if quite possibly. Um, he's almost envisioning some of the wordage. Um, it's almost like he's being talked to as if he's royalty. Like, yes, maybe this is what's happening, but quite possibly he's already starting to hallucinate and like imagining that the Kell of Kings is just like graced by his pres- presence. But then we do have things like the other um, Elixni around, like not so cool about the Kell of Kings like bowing to him. So. I'm kind of more leaning toward the fact that this is just like the um, the conversational manner of this specific Kel. Now, my thing is, maybe it's not like Shakespeare. Dude found the Bible. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking at one point. Like, thou shalt tell the Elixni. Thou shalt tell them. That's what they used to speak like. Mm-hmm. Was it just Bible words? Also, King James version is only one version. There's like eighteen hundred versions of the Bible. Yeah. So well, it's it's old English. The Bible that's like a specific Bible that you think he found. It's a lot of the time. It's the time period, but it it is like that very proper regal old English speech. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it could be something like that. That's true. Just um, that aside. I mean, I mean. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. It, 
that aside, this explains where the relationship with the Elixni started. Mm-hmm. Because we do see that in one of the cutscenes in Forsaken. Yeah. Um, I was thinking this is also one of the few Elixni that can speak English. Yeah. Like Spider yeah. is the other one that can speak English. I mean, he's watched a lot of mob movies, obviously. Like, like he's a real, he's a real education in very different places. Right. He's exactly that's like my thing. Like he's this like connoisseur of like fine art and like all that kind of stuff. And I love that like he's the one who's like you'd think he would be like the thou and that art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's just very interesting. Like their conversational manners very different. But, you know, the mm-hmm. Kel of Kings has been smart. He's, like, the one of the few kings who hasn't got killed yet, so. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the last king, so mm-hmm. the yep. smartest one. Or the most cowardly. I mean, it depends how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, it does take some serious, like, humility to just, like, bow to Aldrin and say that, like, you have the desire and the heart to do what I really cannot mm-hmm. for your people and mine. Uh, it's very interesting to think about. And, like... We had this little bit of an introduction uh, after, like, taking King. We got a little bit of information about him going up to the Kell of Kings. But, like, at the time, mm-hmm. I think I kind of thought that he had, like, this plan to, like, kill the Kell of Kings and, like, take over. But we see he was pretty much just given. Um, mm-hmm. Given this power. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't really do anything. He just showed up. He really did. I guess they had been, maybe they'd been watching he, him. They, they knew, like, the crap. Yeah, the crap uh, that he'd been going yeah. through. Actually, he hopped around the system specifically to like draw their attention. Yeah, he yeah he 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 does get off Mars. He goes and like enacts some plan. Yeah, uh, and that was actually from a card that was released in the Age of Triumph, um, where he's he's hopping around the system, gets pulled in by the the House of Kings, and then he's like, "Hey, we need to talk." And we see the outcome here. I am shocked at how long it took them to take him in front of the king when they just like kind of had their fun with him for weeks. Right? Like that's a lot of abuse. And it transformed him into a happy man. Like that's like re-education camp levels of like beating. That's uh, what? Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Into a happy man, huh? So they've beaten him, bloodied him, um, maybe to see how strong he is because the way the Lixni, like go up in rank is to fight each other. Yeah, that's a good point. Like that is how they know that like so, his resolve is strong enough. Like it was like they were testing him in the yeah roughest way I just possible. Remember from, I don't know if it was a mission or if it was a card we read that that was how the Lixni like ghost stories. Yeah. Yeah, you maybe there's one where a ghost sees like basically cage matches of yeah, like dregs the, fighting so Archon's Forge. Yeah. So I bet you mm-hmm. this is the animal pen conditions that he's been cage fighting a bunch of elixir to see. Like, he thrives like, in cage fights, house. right? Yeah, he, <laughs> he does. He loves it apparently. So he, I think, looking okay now, looking at it now with all of that out in the open that. He knew what was happening, and that's why he was happy to be beaten to a bloody pulp because he's like, man, now I'm going to see, like, the cow. I'm going to see, like, the king. I'm going to finally meet the guy because I'm worthy of meeting him. Well, the crazy part, though, like... their culture. Well, tying it back in, not just their culture, but to his sister, is at the very, very end, 
is um, he feels her in his heart. She is still out there. She needs him more than ever. In the pit of suffering, her voice came clearly to him like the way she once appeared to him while he was beaten, beaten to a pulp in zero-G brawl. So, like, he's literally, like, kind of, like, getting some thrill off of, like, how he used to have a connection to his sister by pretty much these mm -hmm. cage matches. And now, in the same way, he's getting, like, that... He's using these fights once again. That's like his thing to get attention from the Kel, mm -hmm. but in a way he's trying to get his like sister to still like see him. And at this point, it doesn't sound like he's like maybe he he's you know he's getting these a little bit of the hallucinations about his sister, but he's still like trying to like impress her. Maybe it's the opposite and he misses seeing her so much that he's willing to get beaten to a pulp because that was the only way that he saw her before. Mm-hmm. After Could she be. died, maybe. So he's like, I need to see her again. The only way to do that is to have the living shit beaten out of me. That's a good so point. he starts to hallucinate her. Like. <clears throat> yeah, and I guess I kind of like wonder at what point like does he start hearing the whispers from Riven? Has, at this I'm point... if he's already hearing them. Yeah, that's like, a... I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was curious. Like, is he hearing them, or is he just trying to convince himself at this point? I think he's already hearing them. Uh, we heard in in the Mars card that he was starting to hear whispers. Well, he was talking about the whispers. Like, he he talks about I don't. Does it actually say whispers? It talks about the hum of yeah. starlight, and those it are does the say it said whispers. Those are Let the. Me go find the line. He's I think specifically because, um, he talks about. About how, like, he's looking for her and feels nothing. Because remember, all Awoken are connected to Mara. They can all feel her presence, hear her literal whispers to them. So in my oh, mind, I'm wondering if, quite possibly, he's reaching out for that feeling that he's used to always having. Because it, it ends with, he feels nothing. So I'm curious. Yeah, yeah Orchid the found it. Line, so it's he has been hearing her thirst hallucinations, surely, but there is that hum, that whisper, that thrill of starlight in his skull. So it's like yeah. a whisper of starlight if you so, compound the sentence like, together. It could be both, but But he he is blinking and like rubbing his eyes, which we know was tied yeah. into Riven. So We I'm, talked about eyeball jizz in the last one. And we didn't bring it up tonight. Oh, yeah. We talk about Eris's dripping eyes in comparison to that. Yeah, and, and yeah. he has drippy eyes. Yeah. And Eris has drippy eyes. That's like darkness the juice darkness right there. Darkness makes you have darkness jizz coming out of your eyeballs. Because <laughs> that's where they like it. In the eyeballs. That's new. In the eyeballs. Is that why? It's not the strange. face. Not the face. That's why Eris nope. got more eyes. For Black more Pearl fun. Necklace. Well, anyway, yeah, I think <laughs> going back full circle, I think you may be right. I think he's got a little bit of a of a a tinge of Riven taking over, but Riven doesn't like full on go at it because um, he still Riven's feels nothing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm so sorry. Wow, we was, this is our first explicit episode, guys. We are earning it. Gosh, come on. So, so you also have to remember that this is taking place like a year and a half after Oryx entered, yeah, entered the yeah, system. Yeah. So, but like the, this one that Riven we just read, have, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So Riven could have been just poking and prodding every now and then. Yeah, because that's kind of my thing. Um, when was Riven like? How long was Riven taken before like Oryx? Because the card we just read before this, where 
Orchid just quoted about those whispers, at that point, that was like right after Oryx had basically just blown up the whole um, armada. Like, had Riven already been taken at that point? Oh. Uh, believe so. I didn't even, because I, I think I, so. I think Riven was taken first, yeah. but like that was the first time we ourselves saw Oryx in game. Either Riven was taken before the Battle of the Reef or shortly thereafter. Yeah, like maybe before. Like when by the time he's awoke he's like he's awake, crash landed on Mars, some time could have passed also. Like theoretically when you crash land, you get your bearings, it's not like the hour after you were just shot down. It could have been like and he was shot down twice. So it could have been a couple days, like a week, who knows? Oryx could have got a lot of stuff done in that time. Well, cuz like and and my logic here is our guardian came in like soon after. Yeah. Maybe a couple days after the Battle of the Reef. That's true. Yeah, he would have. I, well, you know, it is on the Reef does come first, so he could have done his all kinds of craziness before he even got to us. And and we don't even know what part of the Reef the Battle of the Reef happened. Well, right outside of um. Well, because he Saturn. And we we don't know specifically like where the Dreaming City is in relation to it. Oh yeah, yeah. I was the just talking city about the might actual cutscene. Stop. The Dreaming City might have yeah. been a pit stop. That was my for thinking. where he's he was headed. Yeah, that was my thinking exactly. That like he might have already done all this stuff on the way, and Mara didn't like enact her plan or her like basically blockade until they got to like the reef position. Because right. technically the Dreaming City was more of like a secret location. We didn't even know it existed at the time, so. Right. Who knows what, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I think we've covered a lot there. Yeah. No, I don't have anything else. All right. Time for me to move into Fanatic, part one. She's been silent too long. The whole solar system groans with the bruises of war. Aldrin lives in constant suffering. A numb, scowling pain that drives him to ether, and worse, distractions. He has never felt the light this strong. He has never known pain so deep. How many centuries with his sister? And how quickly he's disintegrated without her. Why won't she speak to him? The reef burns around him. Shattered asteroids and cracked habitats spill bright flakes of debris. There is nothing quite so stark and brilliant as sunlit wreckage in vacuum. The reef is huge, huge, but dense too. Its structures and people gathered in tight clusters against the vastness of space. Oryx and the Red Legion ripped great holes in the reef. Oh, if only Aldrin had told Petra that Traug's broken legion was a Trojan horse. But Aldrin has nothing to give to a regent who surrenders her people to the Traveler. She has always wanted Mara's approval, little Petra. Always wanted to ingratiate herself. But she's never understood what Mara respects. She's never been willing to take the hard road to Mara's trust. That's why Mara doesn't speak to Petra. But Mara has not been speaking to Aldrin either. He kicks off the wrecked hull of the corvette. He and the kings have been raiding the asteroid belt. 
knocking out shipping headed for Earth, trying to further destabilize the reef. Aldrin has killed his own subjects, and at first that left him wretched with guilt, curled up in the hard cell where he sleeps. But didn't Mara lead thousands of her subjects to their deaths for a still enigmatic greater good? How is this any different? She has always intended her people for the altar. The Awoken are pawns in her design. It's up to Aldrin to set that design back on track. Mara! He shouts up into the starlight. He has come too far to beg now. He's done too much. He demands her answer. I'm not angry. I forgive you for for sacrificing yourself to save them. But you must answer me now. Am I on the right path? Am I nearer to finding you? He has the House of Kings as allies. His raids on the reef have forced Petra to pull back, consolidate, focus on protecting her citizens instead of collaborating with the Guardians. But is he any closer to Mara? Has he... Can he trust himself to do this? He always wanted to surprise Mara, to make her recalculate her plans. But it would help him so much to know that she foresaw a little of this, to be certain he's headed the right way. Mara! he cries, blinking against the persistent soreness in his right eye. Sister, have you forsaken me? Something answers him. This is when we see everything kind of come into like a head here. But one of the points I was interested in was actually in the first paragraph. Aldrin lives in constant suffering and numb, scrambling pain that drives him to ether and worse distractions. I thought of that. Is he using ether as a drug? That's what yes. it sounds like. It sounds like he's huffing ether. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like, does that, that for me changes a little bit the thought of what ether is. We always talk about it as a life force for the um elixney but is it only like important to them because they are so high on it that like their bodies would just go into relapse without it you know there is something called the white in uh star trek deep space nine that um the gem hadar need to survive and it's a drug and it's because um the whatever they are um all of the shapeshifters like made them take Mm -hmm. it and get addicted to it to control them. It's like Lyrium in Dragon Age for the Templars. They didn't need it. That like helps their powers, but it's more of an addictive thing. So once they have it, they have to have it to survive. So and I'm the, wondering if like and they, the Traveler gave they, that out too. Thing. So <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering if this is uh, doing it to make them need it to survive, even though they really didn't need it in the beginning. But now it's like baked into their yeah like that kind of this changed like my thought on ether because it's just it wasn't until i you know we we i see that aldrin is now like taking it as a drug that i'm like well what does that make it for the fallen like they act i mean they've always acted like they need it but don't drug addicts like crave whatever their drug of choice is or Mm-hmm. Or like maybe it actually, physically needed at times, or maybe it actually is life sustaining for them. But because of their biology being what it is, 
mm-hmm. Aldrin's isn't used to it, so his body is reacting to it differently. It's true. He talks That's possible. Because he does have like a balance, quote-unquote. Um, it does say he's never felt the light this strong. Maybe that's because he is feeding on ether, which is pretty much just light energy. And so for him, it is a drug because he's getting like that high. Because you know he talks all the time about how he's balanced. Although he, if he truly is infected by the black heart, he's never experienced. He's not experiencing that high until all of a sudden he's defending himself with light. So now he's getting like the black heart in him and light. This poor guy is like hyped up on so much like power and pretty much drugs oh, yeah. that like i can't blame him for not being able to function at this point but yeah that was just quite interesting to me just kind of the thought on what ether truly is and then clearly it's not yeah. working for him because he's just like i still don't exactly see what his plan is he's just destabilizing the reef and screwing his people over more it's it's like a Jealousy. kid trying to get his parents attention if you like leave a child alone in their room and they their parents like no you're on timeout we're ignoring you or something and the kid just like yeah. destroys everything and says like pay attention to me that's true i mean he's definitely trying to get like, mars attention but like yeah, he, so he's asking I, her though like is this what i should do though so like i feel like in his mind he thinks he's enacting her plan and like i don't see what he thinks sh- he's doing for mara because it, it does yeah. feel like he's just throwing a tamper tantrum to get attention yeah but I guess he is. God, he's just like so messed up. I don't even know. He's jealous no. of Petra. I think that's why he's screwing yeah. over a lot of this. A lot of stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's ironic that he's like <laughs> going into a rant about Petra for oh, wanting yeah. the same exact things that he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's why Mar doesn't speak to Petra. But Mara has not been speaking to you, Aldrin, so yeah. what are you saying about yourself? Mm-hmm. But yeah, And then I think this is his last shred of, what do you call it? It's not humanity, awokenity, like being lost here. I mean, they were humans. Yeah, it's so right, right. Humanity, I think, fits. He's just blue humans. He's losing that last little blue man group, humanity. <laughs> <laughs> blue man group, humanity. <laughs> Um, because, like, wow. we do see that, like, he is basically curled up crying over his actions about, like, basically doing all this stuff. But this is kind of, like, the last time we ever see him giving a care about, um, like, his the people at all. I and mean, eventually we see him strolling with the fanatic later on in Forsaken, just, like, burning down the place, killing people. Like, he just doesn't care. And, like, this is the last little shred of, like, Aldrin caring that we see and at this point remember yeah. just not that long ago he was like lamenting how mara had no plan and everything was over now he's like he thinks he's contributing to her plan like he thinks it was her plan to get killed the whole time i mean which it technically was but like something is just like a switch has just been flipped in his head and he is he's i don't even think he knows what he's doing but he's going full out now <clears throat> now here's something that i just noticed um Going back to timeline stuff. Mm-hmm. He's talking about Val Traug. Yeah, I noticed that. Like, that and, gives us a little bit of when Legion. the time happened. That was Spire of mm-hmm. Stars. Right. That was Warmind. Oh, so all of this, uh, the rest, like this entry and the rest of the book is going to be taking place between Warmind and Forsaken. That's good. There you go. There's a little bit of a timeline right there. 
You're so good at this, knowing that things take place. I just know Val (laughs) Traug was the guy we had to kill, and it's hard. Killing him is hard. (sighs) Yeah. You know, now that I think back on that raid, I think how much fun it was. But at the time, it was like, this is so mechanic heavy. Everyone hates the fact that I say that. Well, come on. I love that raid until phase one is done. I would love to do that raid with you if you come over and do it on PC. Yay! Take Mrs. Hyven through it. She's only ever I done one raid. Sleeper Simulant Catalyst. Oh, yeah. I still haven't. I never did that one. Oh, I still God. don't have it. I don't either. Man. All right. Well, officially at this point, Riven's starting to talk to him. And I, the next card really, like, uh, drives that home. But this is when something actually answers him. Um, when he cries out for like Mara, the whispers, as we're gonna see when we, as we're about oh, to move on to Fanatic Park Two, Riven is very, very clearly, clearly like, in his head now, and not just like, influencing him, but full on like doing what I'm Kara do. So, are we ready to move on to our last card for yes. this episode? Oh, and I'm actually wrong okay, about Balas Charug. Okay. Shit. Uh, that he what was one it? of the House of Wolves guys. They all have then interests. Just cut all of that out, and then we don't even need to talk about it. Yeah, because you're editing it. Yeah, if you want to, or just the fact that all of them have crazy names. I, without looking it up on Ishtar, I wouldn't know which one was which. No, they're all Val something to me. I exactly, and yeah. Spire Star guys is that raid guy I killed. Yeah. It's that guy that bounces around and comes back and disappears and stand on the thing, but don't stand on the thing when the other things. Although now I am curious, which one was Val Tarug and why? Because it's referenced as a being a Trojan horse. Was that one of the ones yeah. on he the, was uh, a- the moons of Saturn when the craziness was going on? When they like sent the like what? Uh, this changes Val Tarug is a cabal centurion found in the prison of elders and commander of a renegade group called the Broken Legion. Traug had- oh, we fight him at the end of the strike. Oh, no. He's the one that you fight in the Prison of Elders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isn't he? He's one of the Prison like, of Elders, boss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh... So that's even earlier. Yeah, a long he first time appeared ago. in House of Wolves. Yes, that's a so long time ago. You have House of Wolves to Forsaken. He's been busy. That's a lot of time yep. for crazy to be out and out and about. Well, and like since he's just like running bombing raids on things, like he's essentially just a terrorist at this point. Pretty much. Well, and like considering this is after a, um, the card is after Age of mm-hmm. Triumph, like it's still at least a year and a half until Forsaken. Yeah, man. He's had a lot of time to enact whatever crazy. Hey, that's the thing. We never quite see. As far as I know, I don't think we ever are given like exactly what Aldrin's plan was. We know it's yeah, it's to save, it's to get to his sister, and we it's very clear, like especially as Forsaken happens. But like all this early stuff, yes, he got soldiers that made sense taking over House of Kings and like the the Fallen. But like at this point, I don't know what I have no clue what his like end goal is. Other than, as you said, uh, uh, throwing a tamper tantrum and trying to get his sister's attention. I don't think he knows. Like, I don't see any logic in what he's doing. Maybe him trying to separate his people from relying on the Guardians, and Petra is kind of, like, siding with them right now. Like, that's his plan, just because he hates Guardians so much, and he thinks that Mara wouldn't have wanted Guardians' help. 
Although we know that she specifically wanted Mara, I mean, uh, Guardian's help. And, like, in fact, Petra is kind of doing what she was supposed to be doing. But maybe that's, like, his goal. He thinks that, like, Mara doesn't want to side with the Guardians. And he's trying to, like, kill that relationship. That's the best I can think of. Even though Mara called in the Guardians mm-hmm. and exactly. sent them straight into the Black Garden. That was literally, yeah, that was like literally because why Aldrin she kind couldn't of. couldn't get the heart. That's true. So she's like, oh, do you know who can? These Guardians. If you can, can't fulfill what. Them in to do it. You can't fulfill my you needs. So I'm going to get someone else. Do. Yeah, That's and right. so she's just like poking the bear of, I know you don't like Guardians, but they're better than you. Let me show you how. Poke, poke, right. Poke. And Anthony, remember like at the, the launch of Taken King, she literally was like, I'm opening the doors. I'm mm-hmm. like sacrificing myself. You guys come on in and clear crap out, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll move on to our last card then, now that we've got our timeline in order. Yay. Forsaken, uh, Forsaken, Fanatic, part two. Just a whisper, just a brush of reassurance, just a quaver. Aldrin, my rescuer. He follows the voice. The violence of his thruster burns bruises his body. Down from the tumbling corvette to the harnessed asteroid below, where shattered servitors and the wreckage of shanks mark the site of a losing battle. Guardians ambushing a fallen party. His suit's chemoceptors detect a trace of ether. He follows it in. And there it is. A fallen archon crumpled in the dust. Ether hisses through entry and exit wounds cauterized by brutal solar flames. The mark of the golden gun. Aldrin hisses in disgust as he traces Guardian's footsteps in the dust. They must have sprinted off together in a rush, no doubt to farm some other site where skiffs were coming down with mining parties. He triages the Archon's wounds. Mortal. The victim is shaking now, trembling under Aldrin's hands. He wants so badly to do something, anything, to ease the poor soldier's passing. To have the power, some say, his sister had, to save just by proximity. Does he wish it? Does he wish to save this poor thing? He does. He does. His eyes burn with sympathetic tears as he works to bind the Archon's wounds. His hands are quick and gentle, and he weeps with the strength of his hatred for the guardians that did this. As tears stain the Archon's wounds, the ether rolling through Aldrin's fingers slowly grows heavier, darker, more noxious. He does not notice. Finally, he leans back to smear his knuckles across his eyes. Sore. They're always so sore. Under the unmarked helmet, four dead eyes open in wonder. The Archon croaks a word, a broken leftover of a dying hallucination, calling out, to whoever he wanted to see welcoming him into the afterlife. Dad? Dun dun dun. Yeah. This is like such a great card because we get so much in it. Um, We have the actual first whisper and wish. Does he wish it? Does he wish to save this poor thing? And we know what whispers and wishes are because that's fucking Riven doing a fucking Ahamkara thing. I'm just, I'm using the F word because it's explicit and I want to use it. <laughs> I almost can't believe it out. 
And he still might. Um, you never know. He might give you a really great no. sound effect. Please don't. Oh, good. Don't ever give me a sound effect. If you do, then I'll just... Oh, well, now you gotta give her a sound effect. Maybe not on this episode, but Please eventually. Don't. She needs a good one. I'm gonna I send you the worst ankle pictures ever. Um. Anyway, so his... um. He hears these whispers. He wishes it. I don't think he knows that he actually made a wish. Um, Probably not. Because usually it's more explicit saying, like, you have an Ahamkara bone or you're at the Ahamkara saying, I wish this thing. Yeah, usually it's not, not like, remotely like this, at least. Yeah, usually it's you're very well, clear that you're wishing at an Ahamkara. Well, like, Eris no. kind of, like, low-key wishes... Sort of from an ahamkara like bone but like yeah but she knew what it did yeah i mean my thing is like it doesn't have to be like a genie where you like state your three wishes like it might be a little bit of subterfuge to get you to like state your like desire yeah but as long as it can sense your wish yeah but we've never seen it like so far away like there's not even any contact the only contact would be the link between the black garden at this point Right. And as far as we know, there and needs so, to be some contact with Ahamkara. So, using that, like following that logic, then the um, the seeds that were planted in him, let's say in the Black Garden, like how easily did that leave him open for Ribbon to come in and was able to manipulate him this much? Like, was Ribbon the one doing the manipulation? So Ribbon. Is I don't know if we've never really talked about this on the episode. I don't think Riven no. is half, half. So un, the will of Riven's will is half her own. So mm. Riven was completely taken by Oryx. Uh, mm. Once Oryx was killed, she regained some of her uh, sentience, if, if you could say that. Her her own will. will. Her her will. Um, but not completely. She was still kind of possessed by that. Um, Sabathun came in, took that little bit of, uh, you know, the, the, the taken, be, being the taken queen, if you might say, adopting the power of her brother, she used Riven's, uh, inability to be completely in her own, you know, enacting her own will to put into play the whole shenanigans that happened in the Dreaming City. And as far as we know, um, Riven actually reached out did this actually not because Sabathun wanted her to this was her way of getting attention to kind of be freed from Sabathun mm-hmm. um, she was calling in um, Aldrin to free her which is exactly mm-hmm. what he did um, yeah, only Riven just pretended that it was Mara and not an Ahamkara so right. we have to keep in mind that like Riven's will was only somewhat intact um mm-hmm. Sabathun did have some influence in this whole like cycle that keeps happening in the dreaming city and when we killed riven that one final wish wasn't acted but riven had some autonomy in wanting to be freed and that is kind of how right. the contact with aldrin came into pass mm-hmm. we had me and elemis and a couple of people in his clan had a discussion about this one night i have an article somewhere actually i can send it to you eventually but yeah I'll find it. It's not on this computer. Oh, well. But anyway. this, and now, I guess at the end of this also, that his eyes are sore. And is this, like, where he's starting to, like, his eyeballs are making this dark ether now? 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen the darkness. His eyes have been itching, but, like, as, like, even the cutscenes for Forsaken go on, his eyes get darker and darker and darker until, like, that darkness fuses with the piece of the Traveler to, like, mm -hmm. make Riven. Because, like, Riven is kind of, like, a mixture of both, I guess, at this point. Right. Well, that goes into, like, the whole, like, conversation of Ahamkar, where do they get their power from the light or the dark? But, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's full on. This right. is so. From between each word. I, this is full uh, on like eyeball jizz. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, exactly, ah, exactly. Yep, that's I it. Do. Oh my god, I'm so proud of you. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's like, <laughs> guys, like, it's been an interesting so night. It's been a very, very interesting <laughs> night for us. But yeah, man. And so, like the other, only other, some other points from this, just the fact that like he's searching for Ether. That's why he heads down to the planet. He's like mm -hmm. very sympathetic of Fallen now. Basically, anyone who's not who's going up against the Guardians, like he's a he's a fanboy over. He hates like, really just hates Guardians know... so much. Yeah, yeah, and now he is one, and it's kind of like justice in a way. Yeah. It's like an eternal punishment. It's like, oh, you hated Guardians so much. Well, now you're I know, Guardian. Right? <laughs> I never thought of. I guess if you never read this lore book, you probably have no idea why Fickrell calls him father in the cutscenes. This is why. He literally thought he had died, and in the afterlife, he expected to see his father. And he saw Aldrin. Yeah. So he just calls him this dad. This is where his daddy fetish started. So he literally is like referring to <laughs> He's re literally referring <laughs> to him gross. as like father. Yeah. My God. Yeah, I don't know uh, if there's any no, coming back, man, from this. <sighs> I think we covered well, the seriousness. Oh, the last card then. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we covered it all. Like, uh, maybe not as, like, seamlessly as we could have. But, like, keep in mind, uh, guys, Riven's got control. That's the, it. The one, the one thing I wanted to point out, um, the second to last paragraph as tears stained the Archon's wounds, the ether rolling through Aldrin's fingers slowly grows heavier, darker, more noxious. He does not notice. We talked about that. It's his eyeball chest. Well, no. Like, it's it's not coming from his tears. Yeah, his tears are making the dark ether. Well, they're make, they're, it, he is literally crying darkness, and it is mixing mm -hmm. with ether to make dark ether. Which that's is interesting, yeah. That's what I got from it. I I didn't make I didn't make that connection. I I thought it was like the ether that was that he had just huffed. No. I mean, like yeah, that makes emitting, sense too. I I thought it was I like guess. emitting from him. Yeah. No. I oh, I so view this like as kind of like so kind of like, like reek of alcohol. Right. Kind of like if you pores. eat too many mm -hmm. too much garlic or something, and you just your entire body just smells of it. Yeah. No, see, I always view this bad, as if, you know that final cutscene where the darkness literally comes out of his eyes? That's what I view mm -hmm. this as. He has now had this contact with the darkness since the Black Garden. Riven is mm -hmm. feeding off that, and after he makes the wish, this is when what's been laying dormant can actually full-on activate. That is when he literally mm -hmm. cries out the darkness that mixes with Aether, and that makes a brand new life force, which... Is interesting because ether. Sense. If ether does truly come from the the traveler and is like light energy, you've now mixed it with darkness. And when you have two paracausal like entities 
mixed together. Like, it would make sense how Fickrel is now able to, like, bring Fallen back to life. Like, it's a very interesting concoction. If we could get our hands on some Dark Aether, I think we could, uh... Not... Well, I think we, we could do, do something better time. than making freaking cookies. Because that's what we did with Dark Aether. <laughs> we made cookies out of it. God damn it! I love that this has become a thing now. I just, guys. This is a... This is a thing. I just... Anyway, okay, so how is this related to Eris's eyeball jizz? Like, is that like hive darkness eyeball jizz? Or is that like the same kind of, like, is it the same, different sides of the same coin? Or is it like completely different thing? See, my, mm, yeah, I would even say they're not even different sides of the same coin. I think that they're very similar. They're literally just like the, they're on the same the side, just different part of the side <laughs> yeah like they're both yeah kind of yeah they're both darkness like literally you could say mm -hmm. darkness just crying out like dark tears but maybe the form that they take are slightly different um or or they could be related to in some way to ahamkara because eris kind of wished to be able to see and get her way out next thing you know she's Got blind but crying, but got darkness. high eyes that can and, see. And high eyes, just high, yeah, high eyes. And like honestly, I like the idea that it's related to Ahamkara. I do too. Like the actual wish that she made was to get out of there. The Ahamkara was like, "All right, here's three eyes." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna they're, give you creepy eyes. eyes. But then they're like bleeding because of the Ahamkara magic. So does Ahamkara magic emit as eyes? Like, are we just going to see aliens running around with, like, ijiz, and then you know they've touched an Ahamkara bone and made a wish? <laughs> Is that how Ikora knows? Apparently. I don't even know how to respond. I don't know, but that is an interesting thought. Is it linked to Ahamkara, or... It's linked to the darkness in some way, I'd say. I always assumed oh, it was I'm... linked to the Taken aspect of, like, Riven, but yeah. maybe not completely. I never really thought about, like, Eris and Aldrin's dark crying eyes being leaked heck maybe Arish has got a lot of like she doesn't know how to like properly maintain hive eyes and so like that's all hive have true. like she just needs like some better Leapy product eyes. yeah yeah or maybe here her her, her, uh, her oil <laughs> ducts aren't working she, she um, needs better didn't quite, contacts yeah the um, car didn't quite get her vision quite right it's not 2020 <laughs> I guess it would be 2020 yeah, okay. Yeah. It would be 30-30, wouldn't it? 30-30-30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question that's separate from the podcast for a second. Like, like okay. cut this part. Okay. Um, So, the girl that was in Dust? Lavinia. Lavinia. She had an Ahamkara bone. She yep. did. Didn't she? Did she get eyeball gist? She did not. No, she never made a wish. She did not. Ah, see, maybe it's the wish making. But we do have people who make wishes who didn't get eyeball jizz. Yeah, well, as far as we know, like maybe Saladin. they don't have to maintain their hive eyes. Like yeah. Saladin. He, he doesn't, he cries salad dressing. We know that. I think it's, I think it has, yeah. <laughs> it's just ranch coming out of his eyeball. <laughs> it's late, guys. I haven't had dinner yet. I'm hungry. <laughs> Me neither. I had yogurt. Well, on that <laughs> note, guys, bagel. we should probably end this thing because it is actually late and I have to get up er quite early to go to work in a five yeah. hours. So, Sorry. You're fine. I was 
supposed to tell you guys that I needed to get off at like 11.30 my time, but then I forgot. You didn't, though. I was just going to like dip out, but then we started talking about bodily fluids. and uh, Eyeball just. Yeah, that's eyeball just. Look, I still have not quite addressed, like, accepted the explicit tag. I don't know why. Orchid's done it enough for all of us, so. You're welcome. Right. This is what happens. <laughs> this well, is what happens. We sit here and talk about iJiz. Look, we warned everyone that this You're episode. Making it sound like an Apple product. We didn't. Oh my god. <laughs> we warned everyone that we didn't know how this episode was going to turn out. I think we did a pretty good job for having to repeat a lot of information. And I honestly think like this was very different. Like we talked about completely different topics than we even did the first time around. So that just shows, guys, yeah, you can talk about the same lore over and over, and there's different like thoughts, even between the same different groups. things you take from it. Sure. Different strokes for different have, folks. Like, two competent lore people instead of three. So we had four today. For part I of the time. Here for color commentary. Yeah, we did. We're here for color. <laughs> yeah, Well then, I guess we can move into shout outs. Elemist, shout us not us out, but shout out. <laughs> uh, shout out the things. Ishtar Collective, Destinypedia for helping me prove I w- was wrong. Um, That's where I got that lore information that I was talking about. If you want to look up where the heck. What what what's up with all that Riven stuff? That article was also on Destinypedia. Yeah. Um, shout out to Mrs. Hyven for putting on the uh, the T-shirt giveaway, guys. Like that is just, super exciting. I didn't realize that so she fun. had a like a uh, a select button like this whole time. She has been itching to just click that button, and props to her for the like, level of restraint. <laughs> restraint. I'm like, oh my I god! Knew she had it in her the whole time. Team Mrs. Ivan. Oh, like I, I had faith in her too, but like that's a whole. She other almost, level she of almost pulled the trigger when there were sixty nine entries, though. You know, she what? was really I close. Like, I would have been okay with that. Nice. <laughs> she was the, the nice number of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And that's that's it for me. All right. Well, I will shout out once again, um, Beard for helping us with the first time of this episode, and also for, you know what? Totally not mad. The reason that I had to redo this podcast gave me like the highlight of like my week. Like recording is always really really nice. So that leads into my shout out to you guys because I was just feeling pretty sick, not that great, tired, and just already dreading my next work day tomorrow just and like life yeah pretty much and like you know when you feel like that it just is a good reminder for like everyone when you're feeling like down in the dumps like half the time you don't want to be around anyone or do anything and everything feels like work but if you just get yourself over that hump like we had a whole lot of fun i think i did at least tonight and a lot of foolishness and that was kind of like even though i might not have be getting as much sleep sometimes like that's just what you need just like to talk yeah. to friends so Shout out to, like, you guys for doing that for me. And to, like, everyone out there who, like, goes through hard times, whether it's work, like, whatever, family, friends. Mm -hmm. Just, like, get out there and, like, uh, do it with someone. Makes it more fun. Yeah. (laughs) Your (laughs) eyes lit up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) wow. (laughs) Just do it with someone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we can move right into your shoutouts, Oregon. Woo! Um, so, a shout-out to Beard Grizzly, my dear friend. Um, thanks for chatting this week. I'm really sad that we weren't able to actually put your episode uh, out because it was super great. But now we can have you back and spend more time with you. And so I'm not really sad about that. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, the only thing, I don't know if you mentioned, but he did, he kind of shout out some of his projects he was working on in the episode that we oh, lost. Yeah. So well, I'm not oh, going to yeah, shout out. He's making like an 801 project. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to try to shout out exactly what he's working on. But yeah, I know it was something like that. Like, go, go check out some of the stuff that Beard's working on because he's got a cool new yes. project coming out. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got YouTube. some good videos coming out. I had never watched him on YouTube until this week, and it was really good. We were just Twitter friends, so I'm, like, super happy that his stuff is really fun. I actually have and, not honestly uh, seen the YouTube stuff either. I know some of his, like... His I've, YouTube stuff is super good. I have listened to it a lot is. of his lore stuff, but I just don't always watch the YouTubes. No, the YouTubes are good. That's you should watch I mean. it. Um, you can find him at beard underscore grizzly. There's another underscore for you on Twitter. Underscores. Um, underscores. I want to overscore. Uh, they don't uh, exist. I want to invent one. Tease. And then I'm going to be a... Those are big T's. I'm going to be <laughs> hyphen big T underscore oh, big at garden. <laughs> hyphen big T at underscore guardians underscore lore. Uh, hyphen on big T's. Oh, and I want to shout out everyone who follows me on Twitter. I had a really terrible, shitty week at work. I worked like 13 hours on Monday. And it did get better towards the end of the week because I just told my boss, I'm leaving by on Friday because I was like, "I'm I'm fucking done with everything. So I just kind of left early and it was really great for my mental health and everything else because I wasn't at work. But thank you to everyone who sent me gifts and like dms and said really nice things to me because i really needed that because <laughs> i just kind of came home and like hard cried on monday night after work <laughs> like with the cats wondering like oh my god what's going on <laughs> and it's not great when like the old lady who um is like your secretary like sees all like the cry marks around your eyes because like all your blood vessels burst from like sobbing so hard and she's like oh sweetie I'm like oh gotta wear makeup this week shit and so thank you so much you guys are all amazing and i love each and every one of you i really needed that life has been really crappy lately so well, yeah hang in there thank you. everyone we'll, hang in we'll there. work on that yep Things and then shout outs now, for mrs hyven are as follows I want to shout out Patrick Browning for winning our first t-shirt concert. Con- not concert. Contest. I'm so sleepy. Um, um, I feel like I had more. I still want to shout out Beard. I know he keeps saying, like, are we mad or do we forgive him? But honestly, we had a great time last week, even if it didn't end up as an episode. And so he's he's cool people. I almost called him cool beans. <laughs> um, he is. He is cool beans though. He is. Um. So shout out to him. Shout out to Mr. Pickles because he's on my screen right now. That's Toki. Oh. Hmm. I thought. 
Now I just don't know. <laughs> okay, well, shout out to Toki. Pickles is the wet one. I thought Pickles was the fat one. Toki is just fluffy. Pickles is the fat one. It's hard to tell because Toki is really fluffy. I know. Pickles, Pickles is just the wet pussy. Oh, uh, and shout out to everyone who's confused because I only sort of That's talked cool. during this and then I've got shout outs and so in case Elmis doesn't specify, I fell asleep. And I recorded <laughs> these around I think people could card tell. number three. <laughs> no, we're in like four. <laughs> Well, three actually I was yeah three. i don't know i don't know why i can't stay awake i don't i don't know i think i'm getting sick that's the spirit that's the spirit but i love everyone and now i'm just drunk tired all right honey we love you so much go get some rest okay honey yes you're just gonna sleep in that chair i we talk maybe um I might just go lay down, but leave my headset on because I like hearing you. Because I miss you a lot. Oh. Well, I'll call you right before now. I go to sleep. Okay. I love you guys. We love you too. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Get some good rest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have a, an actual placeholder for that. Yes. <clears throat> Mrs. Hyven had to go to sleep. She was very tired and. Uh, if you didn't hear her speak after card three. <laughs> you could sleep. tell after card it, two or tell. three whenever she did speak. Yeah, it was. I love her so much. <laughs> Dude, it was 80%, 20%, 20%, zero. I have the funniest conversations <laughs> with her. Sometimes in the middle of the night, we'll like, she'll just like be talking in her sleep. And then I'll just like start talking to her. And she just starts going off as if she was awake but very sleepy drunk and i know that she's not gonna remember it in the morning so i like test her all the time do you have any idea what you were saying last night it was hilarious and there it's it's priceless i need to start recording guys if now that i record a podcast and i like am, yeah now that i'm more alert <laughs> now that i'm alert to more to like audio and just like recording i'm gonna be that dude who's always just like got ready to record like memos on my phone i'm just gonna start recording her i'm just Picturing you walking around with like a mic on a boom, like in your <laughs> house at like two in the morning. Yeah, like, I got this. <laughs> but like the boom is just taped to the back of a shirt, <laughs> just, at, just hooked to the headboard. <laughs> Babe, um, why is that there? Just go to sleep. It's just gonna be there from now on. Just go to sleep. Disregard <laughs> the big fuzzy boom over your face. It'll give you another reason to build a new lap or a new uh, machine. It's right, a recording section for my bedroom. <laughs> a creepy recording yeah. section for your bedroom, but it's not video, it's only audio. It's so <laughs> oh. You can take that completely the wrong way. You really can. <laughs> well, reminders, guys, if you enjoyed this craziness, we can continue on like this, or we can just I'm so sorry. do I'm a like... once a month, like, uh, Guardians, not even just After Dark, but like Guardians Unfiltered. Um, yeah. Oh so God. let us know in feedback if you enjoyed our foolishness uh, this episode, or if you like our not necessarily more professional, but more. I don't even know. Yeah, just like, let us honestly, know. Give us your feedback. Because you honestly, want us I mean, unedited. We can, we can do this just completely unedited from now on, or we can do you know explicit from now on. Like we need the feedback. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't necessarily mean that, like, I'm saying, like, we will not edit anything. But I mean, if you want us to be, no, like... we'll be edited. If Uncensored. you guys want... Yeah, exactly. If you want us more free in our ridiculousness, let us know. Yeah. Watching our language is really hard, guys. I work at a mill with a bunch of people. There are some things I wanted time. to say this whole episode that were linked to our earlier conversations that I didn't, and I'm so proud of myself. But I might after. Anyway, <laughs> reminders, guys. Send us that feedback at Twitter. Gun- Guardians over... Oh, wait, sorry. They don't exist. Just kidding. <laughs> Guardians <laughs> underscore lore Mr. T at... No, I'm just kidding. Please tweet us at Guardians <laughs> underscore lore at Hey It's Organ or at Mrs. Underscore Hyven. And of course, you can. Not e- overscore. You can email us at Guardians Mr. T. I mean, like, what is that even? What is happening now? You can email us all, specifically Elemist, <laughs> at Guardians Underscore Lore at Outlook.com. And if you didn't catch those because I just foolishly just spit all those out, they're linked everywhere, guys. You can find them. Of course, yeah. leave us. They're in the show notes of the podcast you just listened exactly. to. Exactly. So please look at your notes. Leave a review. Yeah. About this foolishness, please, because this is, I want, I want to hear how you feel. I also want to read Orchid's hot takes for this episode before it drops. Oh, no. I'm excited for that. And of course, it's just gonna be look up for that. Hashtag dick tears. That's all it's going to be. I just. Oh, man. And yeah, leave us that review. And of course, join our Discord. Not all of our conversation is like this, but some of it is. So of whatever are, you want. We have some. A ad- lot of men we have a great, a lot of great. We have lore discussions that actually have been pretty serious about lore that, like, I haven't even kept up with. That's just the community just kind of going out. We have just like your emotions. You just want to vent about something. You can do that. There's we got general chat. We got like feedback about the episode. There's a chat for everything. Not literally, but yeah, I mean, we can make one for everything. We're always expanding the Discord, so come on over, have some fun. Yeah. Hashtag dick tears. channel you should DM to me because Elmas gave me power. I can make new channels. <laughs> so you should ask oh, me. <clears throat> Guys, I have a request. Send your uh, best thoughts for Elmas's dick. <laughs> Discord <laughs> name. Discord name. We've all been given nicknames in there except for Elmas. He still needs a nickname in <laughs> Discord. I don't know why. I paused. Discord. Best. Best thoughts for my dick. <laughs> please. What? Please. If you're in the Discord, guys, I'm looking for a nickname for Elemist, guys. We've all been given one thanks to him. We need one for Elemist. <laughs> all right. The kid is just completely done. We've all been completely done since I think the 30 minutes into like the evening of us starting this call. Well, with that, guys, we will sign off. You guys, I hope you enjoy it. Goodbye. Take care. Good night, guys. Hey, babe. I'm awake. Sorry. You need the bum bums? I need the bum bums. <laughs> Ready? Yep. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. Did we ever determine... No, we cussed on the episode, so there is no, like, PG... We don't have a PG-13 kind of show, do we? I don't even... I don't know. I never paid attention. He could just put explicit on it. No, I think all our whole thing is... The, The only curse words that we've really had were crap.
Oh yeah, we don't. That's cuss, not do a we? curse no. word. That's not a curse. Exactly. Word. Yeah. I mean, it is according to my ninth grade English teacher who asked me, "Would you say S H I T? That is not a ladylike word." I wanted to be like, "F you, Mrs. Piles." Oh, actually, no. That's funny because no, I I know that we are kid friendly because Elemist had um, censored me out with the most hilarity possible when I was talking about Callus mm. and had them jerking each other off. He he took out the jerking each other off and just went each other <laughs> and that sound effect was so great and then when you were trying to say like jizz he just went oh god for himself <laughs> and it was like the best sound effects ever just oh my god or you're so out of context she said now we're just talking about hyven in a trunk eating waffles <laughs> At this very oh my god what are, wait wait what are these are these in a conversation I thought this was private <laughs> messages with beard nope this is her talking to beard on Twitter this is public to the entire yeah, world I thought this was like a direct nope. message <clears throat> oh my god where where would I find though see Eric has oh, to show me how to use Twitter someday. I just don't believe in this crap <laughs> so there's that yeah I don't get your I don't understand Twitter it doesn't work for me oh. Nope, nope. I'm not getting current tweets. I never do. Oh, there it goes. Anyway. I'm going to lose my mind, you guys. You see how cute this little squish is? So cute. You're so cute. You're so cute. Mommy wants to go back to bed. This two hours of being awake have been so hard. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get started. Okay. For the third time. Guys, I'm just learning how Twitter is used. Twitter's fun. You should be on no, it all the time. No, not really. Not it's really. Such a cesspool. I'd rather play games and like enjoy it's, myself. No, yeah. because I got no, tilted the other day. Never games. mind. We're gonna just like in between matches while you're loading on. in. You just check your Twitter. No, because some of the the toxicity pisses me off. Well, I mean, there's That's that. Mute but I just yeah, I just no. Why? Well, no, this is people who get really okay, bad. I, I just unfollow. But yeah, no, no. It's just I no, didn't like. Okay, I hate. Yeah, I was just gonna say I hated the hate on how people were complaining about the quarters of time because the reward was Bastion. And someone, like, I love the person who posted, were you, like, given a reward when you solved a puzzle as a child? And I was like, exactly. Like, everyone who did the puzzle was happy to have done it. And then so mm -hmm. many people were just complaining because they gave us a roadmap to tell us what we were going to be purchasing. And I was like, guys, give them a break. They spent who knows how long making this awesome thing. And mm -hmm. then people were complaining about skill-based matchmaking, I enjoy so that me and my wife can play in a normal skill bracket, but nobody ever talks about the, like, not as skilled players. Everyone only talks about how the highest, like, people are always playing these sweaty matches. And I'm like, people get yeah. so opinionated, and I just am like, guys, can't we just calm down? Oh, my God. I will say, yeah. however, speak for yourself. I often got a reward after finishing a puzzle as a child. <laughs> No. Okay. Even if we she had to reward we herself. Got an emblem for finishing the. Puzzle. I don't know why, but that sounded really dirty. I was a really spoiled kid. <laughs> My mom told me she'd take me to go get Starbucks hot chocolate if I read the uncomfortable book about changing bodies. <laughs> Isn't next week the third? Isn't that when the thing comes out? What thing? The, no. the book about changing bodies. Bullshit. The guy. The twenty eighth is next t reset. Oh, so we're still a week. I know that I, because that's when I come home. It, it's where Bastion should have been, and the Empyrean Foundation and the um, Inatam is the week after that. Yeah, we just have, um, we have um, love, not love making, crap, Crimson Days next week. 
It's Whoa. close enough. Whoa. Wow. Um, it's lovemaking by shooting someone in the face. Yeah, it That's is. That's how some people make love. Guys, we really got to get going. Hot. <laughs> Let's start this shit. This is going to be the, sh- the longest and shortest podcast ever. We've gotten right. work it all hot and bothered like five times. <laughs> uh, I don't know, babe. You sound a little hot and bothered, too. And Eleanor. Georgia for two weeks has been a little much for you, huh? Goldfish isn't helping Look, out. Mm-hmm. I heard he touched I was your penis. I'm trying earlier. to enjoy my corn dog, okay? Goldfish doesn't do the reach around. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Well, guys, this is our second apology episode. We apologize <laughs> for everything that has happened before this. This is the episode. Bum, bum, bum. We quit. Goodbye. I'm just kidding. We <laughs> quit <laughs> forever. <laughs> we quit forever. Last episode, we've been banned from all streaming services. <clears throat> I don't know. You guys were just referencing one that I think might allow us. You know, guys, like if it makes you anything. feel better, it's not like full on. I'm technically only saved for the audio, but I have like video recording of this too. That's true. You could put this on YouTube and get banned. Ah, okay. Elemist has spoken. He's got his serious face. Can you he hold it? If you can hold it for face. 30 seconds, we'll start. Come on. You got this. If you can hold what? I right, know. You're good. You're doing a fine job. All right. Here we go. I am going to start now. All right. I'm going to hold it. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have more corn dogs, guys. So, all right. I have more cookies. Can you unhinge your jaw like a snake and put the whole corn dog in? That's the other thing. I have TMJ. It just hurts, man. Well, actually, cor- I have why are corn dogs? <clears throat> Do you have your mouth guard? Yes, do I ever sleep with it? No. Oh, God, I can't not. I would die. It's mm-hmm. bad. bad. The first time Hyven heard it, he thought I was tearing I thought my she was shirt. ripping her shirt in the middle of the night. Like, bad. her clothes were ripping or something was caught. It was that loud. Like, while I was sleeping, I was Damn. woke up to that noise. Yeah, Ridiculous. mine's not that loud. Mine clicks. Really. Your jaw or your, just your teeth? My jaw. I got a little click in the jaw. Anyway. It's like a click and a rip sound on that. I went to school with a girl who could unhinge her jaw. Although, sometimes it would accidentally happen while she would yawn. And one time her jaw just got stuck, dislocated. That happened to me one time when my TMJ was really bad and I didn't have a mouth guard. It just like, got stuck so during um, winter sports awards. And I couldn't close it. And then they called me up to give me my award. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. Because I couldn't close my mouth. That's embarrassing. It was. And painful sounding. In front of all okay. five people that were there. Oh, no. Because that's my school. All right, guys. Wow. Well, think of Waffle Face. And I'm about to get this thing going. <clears throat> all right, all right. Here we go. Let me make sure I'm actually still Who's recording. And, like, face? everything just, like, who's Waffle Face? You're Waffle Face. I mean, face. when I was in high school, we called a girl Shovel Face. But that was just mean. You, we She was a mean girl. Shovel Face. Because well, I mean, Molly looked like she got her face hit with a shovel. That's why we called this girl Shovel Face. <laughs> Dude, maybe they're related. <laughs> she and this cat. Identical Guys, pussies. I'm calling for a moment of silence. <laughs> what, to honor shovel faces everywhere? Yes. <clears throat> no, to shovel, to um, celebrate, to commemorate the death of this podcast. Jeez. Look how red Ark it is! <clears throat> you missed it earlier. Yes, That's you cut out the fork. Face. <laughs> All right, well, Orchid is still embarrassed and quiet. 
We're laughing uncontrollably. I am going to <laughs> do this extra professional bit here. All right. The creams retinue. You even said it right. Retinue. It's retinue. Rat patootie. It's not rats patootie. <laughs> that retinue is wrecking you. Oh, I still am shocked by his dad jokes sometimes. Yes! That's because they're actually a little bit better than your dad's jokes. Not your dad Probably jokes, not. but your dad's dad jokes that are just sometimes always disappointing. Ones. Anyway. No, the last one you laughed at was if he had grounds. You could be mad Guys, at the coffee grounds. I really want waffles. I really want waffles, too. I want waffles. Send me waffles, Nick. <laughs> Look, I can only deliver things that can be sh like ordered, like Pizza Hut and stuff like that. I don't know of anyone that would deliver you waffles. Denny's. But for some reason, I feel... But, why not for some reason? I now, like... But do they I would send you all... I dash? would deliver you guys all waffles if I could, but... Look, we, let's record this episode. We didn't even get the first <laughs> sentence in. Right. <laughs> oh my right. god, guys. This is so much worse than the first episode recorded. But this also so much better for comedic relief. <laughs> Okay. We did warn you guys last week that we didn't know how serious we could be. Yeah. Or it gets so I'm red. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right.